0: Welcome to the Idle Thumbs Ruination cast for May 2017 and June 2017. What? Yeah. Are you saying this is twice the ruination? Yeah, I'm saying get ready to be extremely ruined. I guess we should. We should get ready for that because we're the ones to which it happens. That's true. Um, We've realized that the way that we've been releasing these means they always end up on the Idle Thumbs feed in the month after they are conducted. So in an attempt to remedy that, we are slamming two of them together so that when we record July's Ruination, it will actually go up in July.
1: Yep, so for now, enjoy a million questions and answers and the discussions that come from those, but like twice
0: as many as usual. Oh man, I'm ready. Okay, good.
1: Did you guys print out show notes? We always print out show notes these days because we don't know what we're talking
0: about anymore. And we're increasingly old. <laughs> <laughs> That's not
1: the old part. We like physical.
2: God, copies. everyone's
0: increasingly old. Weird. Mm. Increasingly old is a phrase you could use to describe every person. That's true. Huh. <laughs> the increase, like, you know, like in news articles where they'll say <laughs> the like. Increasingly the increasingly old President
1: Obama.
3: Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: My yeah. co host, the increasingly old Nick Brecken. <laughs> Welcome to the Idle Thumbs Ruination Online for May 2017. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. This Welcome. Is, well, thanks. This is the stream on which we answer questions and demands put to us by high-tier patrons of our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash idlethumbs. We are doing a three-minute timer question on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, Let's get into it. Should we just go? Go. All right. The first one is softball question. It's very easy. Mm. And, Nick, it is directly posed to you. Okay. This is from Andy Gorman, who says... On the last ruination cast, Brecken said he was a Richard Linklater fan. What are your impressions of his movie? Everybody wants some.
2: We already—I uh, think we already answered this question. Unless um, that was a question on the last ruination stream, I believe. Unless two people ask the same question, I will answer it by saying because we both said the same thing, which is that we don't—we uh, haven't seen it yet.
1: Is that answer still hold? You it's didn't even go. You didn't even go try to watch it. No, I, I haven't. I, I just oh, haven't had a chance to see it. Yet. I
0: think we told him to ask this again
2: because oh, you were going to watch the movie. Owned. All right. You know what, a- Andy? Andy? Andy Gorman. If Andy, if you're watching and you have another question, please feel free to <laughs> just, the, just so, tack it on.
0: And by sorry, the it, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a fucking
2: whoa. failure and I didn't watch that movie yet.
0: <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, this is going to be the first question on every. I know. I hope so. I like that. The fact that it was the first question meant he was actually the first person. <laughs> To ask because these are in chronological order. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Oh, oh, I can't wait." Nick Brecken promised he was gonna he was gonna <laughs> answer my question. He's gonna do it just for All me. Right, I'm
2: gonna make a little note. You were to paid myself. A at note. least
1: two months in a row by this man.
2: Yeah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Watch everybody <laughs> wants um. some.
1: <laughs> ah, uh, good thing we gave you the the full three minutes there to get into your yeah, yeah, to real
0: stew and your guilt. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess I guess that's it. Moving on. I, I guess that's it. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. <on this. laughs> Shamecast. Uh, yeah. yeah. Whoops. Alex Schroeder asks: Is Breath of the Wild a better Far Cry 2 than Far Cry 2? Yeah. I don't think so. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, uh, it's an interesting question. We 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 threw around Far Cry 2 comparisons a lot when talking about Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, but I think it's. Uh, I think we might have overstated the degree to which it's Far Cry Two. Yeah, I think I think breath, part of that is because
1: Breath of the Wild, in its opening like hour, does feel really evocative of Far Cry Two, but yeah, it sort of asserts it totally itself does. as its own game. The farther you get into the systems, the, I think. Yeah, the more well,
0: I, the more I've played it, the more I would compare.
1: Save your contentious opinion for the final minute and a half rebuttal. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah.
2: The,
0: the more I the more I've played it, and I've played a lot of it at this point, like dozens of hours. Um, at this point now in my brain, it lives in the same space as like us, you know, Skyrim or something like that. It feels more like that to me than Far Cry Two does.
2: Um, well the, the I get the I get the same moments of like like, I would say in terms of exp- like world exploration and yeah. the moments like the the sort of just like beautiful moments yeah. that you have playing Far Cry Two. I feel like that's close. I think the two things that separate it for me are, um, one. Uh, the fact that you can fast travel at any time, which yeah, you can just force difference. yourself to play it that way, but, like, it's still not really the same thing. Yeah. And Far Cry 2, just, like, basically you get owned in a much more interesting way in Far Cry 2 than you right. do in, in Zelda. But then also I would say just, just because Zelda is a game that just generally doesn't have a high fidelity of, like, enemy AI just means that, like, the expressiveness of the people that are following you are, like, you know, just, like, weird moments where you're just out in the middle of a desert and you hear like the crack of a rifle or something you know like that kind of thing yeah. doesn't seem to happen the in enemies are zelda, very so.
1: expressive and capable ai's for a zelda game and for yes. a nintendo game but i think yep. you're right that the the combination of those things especially as your abilities stack up, I don't feel like the enemy's like complexity at being able to handle you stacks up. They still basically do the same behaviors that they did Mm -hmm. early on, which totally felt like Far Cry type stuff to me when I was an underpowered character and when like you'd knock a weapon out of a goblin's hand and see them go run around and find another thing and come at you with it. But they're not proactive in the same way, right? Yeah, yeah. So those two things I think. They'll always be sleeping or dancing until you
0: aggro them. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, Far Cry, um, Breath of the Wild does something that Far Cry 2 just doesn't even attempt to do, which is like, this is a world for you to enjoy. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time in Breath of the Wild just exploring and enjoying the world, like just enjoying being in it. In Far Cry 2, one of the things that makes that game unique is it's sort of a disempowerment yeah. simulator, which Zelda feels like for a while at the beginning, but you can, you can level your way out mm-hmm. of that as far as just the normal world goes. Far Cry 2 never stops... Right. Just fucking you over all the time because you you don't like level up your hit points in that game. Yep. Like, you're always you're flying just, by the seat of your pants. Yeah. yeah. Also,
1: yeah. as pointed out in chat, uh, Breath of the Wild does not have a 3D diegetic in-world map. So, mm.
0: Mm. <laughs> oh, that's all the time <laughs> the we final have. Word from Jake. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tom Grundy says, "What is the worst movie, book, game, or entertainment thing you've ever?" experience. The way best or worst? The worst. worst. The worst. Worst. Oh fuck! Mm. It's a tough question. I should have prepped for this.
2: Yeah. Do we approach this from the from the like perspective of like literally the worst or the worst in terms of your expectations going into it? Because I feel like that's two separate things I in my you mind. You can
0: take it however you want. Mm. You could take it with the expectation one if you think that would mm. give you a better starting point. Oh gosh, it's a tough one.
3: Yeah.
1: If you want to go in terms of total just hype to disappointment, it's the go-to stupid example, especially for people my age that it's become a cliche. But Star Wars Episode One One. really did hit me hard as a teenager. Like, like I had never been hyped up for anything to that degree, and then walking out of it, just going, "That was actually bad." Like Mm. that was—it's not even justifiably bad. But like that wasn't—that's not the worst thing I've ever experienced sure, by any right. means. Yeah. Just the delta between my anticipation and my... It was actually... It ended up being an actual formative experience for how I think about media because of that, but like... And or just like my own way of engaging with things as a fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's not the same as sitting through an entire thing and just going,
0: oh, <laughs> you know? Right, like, yeah. I mean, this this is definitely not something that I think would... Stand any sort of historical comparison to all works before it, but man, I remember trying to watch. Uh, Independence Day two or whatever. Oh and man, I tried just, to do that because you told me how bad yeah. it was, and so
2: I thought, oh, I've got to dip into this for ten minutes. No, you were that is impossible to watch. It's it's it unwatchable, is, and it's I didn't go, I didn't go
0: into it with that expectation. I went into yeah. it being like, I just want to see Jeff Goldblum like be entertaining. Yeah, and I don't really quit, whatever. Like that's fine. Yeah, it was unwatchable. There was the, no redeeming value to. It. I couldn't find anything enjoyable or entertaining it, about it. Yeah, it was so fucking boring. There was nothing.
2: It was really terrible. I only made a 20 minutes. I don't even well. know how y- yeah.
0: how that's doable at this point. Yeah, I
1: mean, I,
2: I'm it, not surprised
1: that there are Pirates like- of the Caribbean Five opened this weekend, <laughs> and I'm sure that it's yeah. just as irredeemable as yeah. that movie, as far as just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's
2: like, of course, there. I've seen horrible movies you know I mean everybody's seen like really schlocky shitty movies but like when I go in with the expectation of like I wonder what this director that I respect has done with this franchise and then it's just a piece of shit like oh man like stuff like mm, I don't going in and watching Prometheus pissed me off to no end because Mm. the original Alien is one of just my favorite films and watching the difference between like just oh my I can't even like wrap my head around how bad that movie is and then the people that sort of like eat it and love it and I yeah. just
1: oh all of god this, no it's so bad all oh. of this stuff is actually a source of guilt for me at this point because like big franchise movies aside which like yes big huge sequels to, to things whatever you can skip out on those but I feel like my aversion to Going to see a thing that I think that I won't like or think will be a waste of time probably means that I've actually just like completely destroyed my ability to go see a bunch of – to be surprised by weird things. Mm. Like when I was younger, when I was like in my 20s film student days, I would
0: read and watch anything. You still see tons of movies. I see – but I see just trash. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I'm Sorry. Like <laughs> yeah. I, You know, like <laughs> – I know the buzzer just went off. But, like but I saw Guardians of the Galaxy two, but I didn't go see the five movies I've never heard of that are playing at like right. the actual oh, art you house mean theater. You're around just going the... to like, yeah,
0: just the stuff everyone sees.
1: Yeah, but I I won't take a risk on something that I think is a waste of my time preemptively. Whereas I'll, I'll be like, this is a comfortable, boring way to kill two hours, as opposed uh-huh. to an interesting but unknown and potentially terrifying or. Or just Mm -hmm. demoralizingly bad way to kill two hours. I won't go to all... I stick in the safe middle instead of the unknown. I
0: mean, at this point, I would have to assume that... I mean, there are fewer... I mean, certainly in this area anyway, there are fewer art house theaters than ever. I would have to imagine that stuff playing in those theaters has a higher likelihood... Of being decent than it used to. Yeah, but I still won't go has, see it.
1: So that's bad. That's real bad.
0: I'm just saying that the risk isn't that it's going to be irredeemably awful, probably. The no, risk is probably it's higher tr- that the things you're going to see are going to be irredeemably awful. Yes,
1: I know. that's It's a <laughs> it's a terrible trap. I mean, I feel like that... I, I didn't want to only talk about cinema, but I feel like that's an actual problem with yeah. theatrical film releases right now in general. Like mm. People will yeah. people see stuff that on its face sounds like a safe bet and the actual real result is people's unwillingness to be surprised seems to have optimized towards you're going to see either what you expect or a shitty version of what you expect more often than not. But at at least the
0: shitty version of what you expect is sort of comfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I bet a lot of people are seeing Pirates of the Caribbean 5 even though it has like a 20 to 30% on Rotten Tomatoes right now.
0: Yeah. 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 I think
1: it's
2: just the for me, I don't know why we're spending so much time on this (laughs) one question. It's, It's interesting to think about like for me, like I think with like living in a town where an Alamo Draft house didn't exist the the idea of going into a movie is just such a painful concept to me, like knowing that there's gonna be the guy talking next to mm-hmm. me and the fucking cell phone and like at the shitty a m c or whatever I'm not gonna like pay twenty dollars for that experience but like. I will say living uh, by a theater like the draft house that will play movies that you haven't heard of and recommend them in the pre-roll for other films that you mm. like guardians or something and knowing that I'm going to go there and have a good experience I'm I've found myself much more likely to go see stuff that's I haven't you know that I that would challenge me at a thing like that I think it's just the, like the whole night of like is it really worth putting up with the fucking annoying people around me to see, oh yeah, well, to I, see the thing that I that I don't know is good I feel or not. bad
1: about it because living in Oakland, there's a theater called the New Parkway that's walkable from where I live, mm-hmm. and it's just, I mean, it's a a goofy, awkward like local theater, but it's not the AMC experience. It's like it's yeah, it's funky but comfortable, and they'll serve you pizza and beer, and then play a weird limited release movie.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a thing that I like, and yet I don't go to it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Jake identifies the problem. It's him. Yeah. <laughs> But, well it's not just me Well sure no. Be the change you wish to see in the world anyway, Apple's. that's the worst movie <laughs> Apple Cider writes If you had unlimited newfound wealth What is one of the most ridiculous things you'd let yourself buy No sensible choices like choi- Choices No sensible choices like houses Cars No sensible choices like houses Cars etc It has to be ridiculous and extravagant <sighs> Oh man That's a good question Yeah the, the postulation, the, the stipulation that it... No being a boring adult. Yeah. Well, because it's so easy. I mean, a house just would chew up... You know, yeah. A really expensive house is just obviously would chew up infinite money in theory. Yep. Yeah. God, what is, what is one of the most ridiculous things you'd let yourself buy? Hmm. Hmm. Should have thought about this ahead of time. I'm just going to yeah. chew up this clock. Hmm.
2: Mm, I, hmm. I think I I don't know if this isn't ridiculous though It's just Well to me it's entirely sensible Which is what? I would just stock my house with like lifetime supplies of all the things that I like Like foods and shit like, sure, like gourmet just,
0: foods. No, foods No 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 just like mayonnaise of-
2: No 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 just <laughs> What the
0: fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no Fuck you You'd be you newfound wealth and you'd f- fucking No 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 Just like
2: Verner's and mayonnaise and just all the stupid shit that I like And that I never have to go out and get it It's just like it's there if I want it Just like Just fucking dumb, boring shit, but, like, it's just infinite supply of mayonnaise, yeah.
0: You're... All right. You'd have to buy a new house to fill it with all your mayonnaise. Oh, there'd
2: be, like,
1: a warehouse out back. Fully amphibious vehicle, Uh or hot air balloon, or Mm. own a large manufacturing apparatus that would allow Mm. the fabrication and Mm. creation of, of things to be made real. Like, just buy... The factory in Germany that uh, makes Harry's razor blades, but, like, my own one that doesn't have to make razor blades.
0: <laughs> you know, or, can like... make different kinds of Or blades. one of those,
1: like, duck tour boats that starts off on the street,
0: then goes into the water. <laughs> totally good. I'll take one of those for sure. I, w- I would build a ridiculous... I wouldn't... I would... Assuming that with this wealth, the house is assumed, right? Like, where that's not yeah, my that's actual why, thing. Yeah, The yeah, house yeah. is, like, assumed... Yeah. I would, I would totally do the the dorky thing and build the like hilarious tiki bar themed area in my mm, house. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, uh, why do that? Okay.
1: You, you now made me... If I had uh, so much money that I didn't have to worry about it, I wouldn't build it in my house. I think what I would do then is... Just open a place? The stupid, speculative, wacky business ideas that just come to you, why not just do them? Why not yeah. just make yeah, a good true, tiki actually. bar and fucking run it and then give yourself uh, yeah. a nice little back room that is yeah. for yourself and that's your friends? Yourself, yeah, for yourself, yeah. The Mr. Big's room. Yeah, why put, yeah why, put it, why put it only in your house when you could just uh, build... But then
0: you'd have to, like, other people would come to it and it would cost money to you'd run pay, and, you
1: know, like money is no object chris that's true you could run this
0: fucker into run the, the ground most incredible over a century a <laughs> leading yeah. tiki bar yeah why not? my dream is to put all the other tiki bars out of business in this town and then
1: put myself out of business <laughs> yeah you are going to walmart all other high concept bars out yeah. of existence mm-hmm.
0: yeah what a weird what a weird industry to be a, like part of the race to the bottom yeah <laughs> tiki race to the bottom tiki bars the end <laughs> I think you're right, though. That extravagant business ideas is actually the mm-hmm. that's a good vein. Yeah, know sure. that's Nick's yeah.
1: starting a startup th- that just delivers Verners and mayonnaise to everyone. No, houses. I
2: actually I had an idea for a restaurant that was just all like local favorites from different areas. Oh, like, that's a regional, good idea. Regional, regional. You could call that restaurant,
1: restaurant local favorites, and it would blend right in in this city. No, yeah. I know it would. Yeah, the it's problem gross, is
0: that would just sound like every other restaurant with no yeah, concept right. in San Francisco. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yep.
3: Yeah.
0: Made here with a little sticker. Yeah. Aaron Field. Well, no, your concept was that it wouldn't be, right? You'd be importing the stuff. Well, right. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's like the
1: restaurant in SF MoMA. Kind of. Oh, that's oh, true. Really? That's actually a cool thing. The restaurant thing. in MoMA yeah. is sort of, it seems like its, it's idea behind it is...
0: It's like chefs from – it's like they invite – Well,
1: it's not that they don't – they they make it all themselves with their own chef, but they have – it's like if food is art and there are people creating food as art around the world, they have – the menu items are all sampled from famous restaurants and famous chefs.
2: Mm. Yeah,
0: but they invite those people to, like, choose them, right? It's not like they're just Yeah, they don't don't poach them. It's like a gallery, but – Yeah,
2: but you eat it. Yeah, but you eat it.
0: But you eat them. Uh, all right. Aaron Field writes, Hello, Turgid here. There have been a couple... <laughs> I like that he has his name. You may know me as Turgid. There have been a couple articles revealing actual real-life fallout shelter condos that have been built into defunct missile silos, etc. If global nuclear war did occur and you had the option, how would you prefer to ride out the apocalypse? A, rely on government evacuation and housing. B, personal self-built shelter, C, cushy rich people missile silo, but possibly subject to Remo-like overlording. (laughs) Ugh. This is very dark. I mean, the choices between... Why is one of the choices you just have the resources to do the one you want? Isn't that, (laughs) like, obviously the the choice? I mean, I would rather... I would rather a world in which there is, like, good, high-quality government-supplied housing... For this purpose, for everyone, like I mean, I want it that to be exist, the world. Though. I think Sweden. Well, no, has but that. it's a, no, but it's a hypothetical question. I'm saying if I like.
2: Oh, it is okay. I see.
0: Wait, yeah. what do you? What, oh no, I don't do you know. think this is actually going to happen. Like next week. What do you uh, mean? You know, you never know. That's. I mean, yeah. Um. No, I mean he's saying which would I mean? It's I obviously see. hypothetical because one of them is I'm the overlord of like me specifically. Chris Remo is the overlord of it. Yeah, and.
2: I think so I in other like, words, would you would you take the public bus or like the sort of Uber version right, of this? Exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean I think the I uh, prefer the version where Chris is the overlord because it would probably <laughs> torture you long term, where you know you'd be like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, this is this is prefer- what I want. It's the you know, yeah, I think that's the more interesting social experiment if we have to do it. It's like yeah. well, wh- you as a full living, breathing human who's doing this to actual human lives would have to go through a very interesting journey. Uh it'd make for good television, in other it words, would yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the for the parts of the world that weren't owned in in a in a shelter the one where mm-hmm. they watch chris make what the fuck was that like it was all women or i don't even remember what your follow yeah, shelter one was. that was
0: i had one that was all women i yeah i had a bunch of different weird like i can't even remember man that was, feels like so long ago yeah. Yeah. I, mine would be i would i would uh turn it into a tiki bar and out! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> the t- tiki bar at the end of the world. Right. I didn't even start the timer, but it expired. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Norrie says, "Of Chris's old Idle Thumbs songs, which is your favorite, and which is the best?" The answers can, and one could argue, should be different. Um, man,
2: I think we've talked about this actually.
1: Oh yeah. Um, My favorite is Space Asshole, but the best is the Fanboys Lament. <laughs> Which one is the fanboys lament? The fanboys lament. That was the first one, wasn't it? I think the first one was technically the theme song, okay, but yeah, well, the, the, yeah, the 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 first one, yeah, your 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 original was was probably the best. I think it felt like you had put a ton of time into it and it told this really elaborate story with like no repetition over the entire course of it. It was a person being who was upset about a thing that was previously exclusive to their preferred console oh, right. now being announced that it was in fact going to not be a platform exclusive and might be on multiple systems and how everything that they what believed a was a lie was. and they were betrayed yeah, I mean, by these devs. Mm-hmm. Um oh, by the publisher.
0: Oh by the publisher, uh, not right. even devs. Yeah. Right. A money money hungry publisher, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But the one I enjoy listening to the most is still Space Asshole.
0: Yeah. I'll say...
2: Which is, like, uh, the last
0: one that you did, really, I think. Yeah, because that that, there was, like, a year gap between yeah. any other than that, yeah.
2: Yeah. I think the best is Space Asshole, but I I would say my favorite is actually maybe uh, The Ballad of John mm. Um just for that se- the segment where he just, like, collapses and, and, and <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> that the, was the most
0: time-consuming to make, for sure. Yeah, I really enjoy that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Talking about forever ago. My yeah. favorite is probably also Space Household because that one is like performable in a way that mm. a lot of them are not. I guess the Fanboy's Lament would be. You we-
1: did a reperformance of it for the album.
0: No, I know, but I mean like. Like live? Yeah, I just mean as a song. like yeah. Just like, you know what I mean? But I think, I think the best one to me was A Letter to Edge because I just think musically I was most satisfied with that. I don't even remember what that song is about. Uh, it's about how edge gave two? killzone 2 a 7 out of 10 and someone oh, that's wrote, like giving citizen kane a 7 out of it's 10 it's like g- right? giving citizen kane a 7 yeah uh, and he he thinks it should get an 11 it was i i was really happy with how that song turned out All oh right. right that that one ends in the best way which
1: is yeah. together three thumbs up for killzone 2 but then that leaves one idle
0: thumb who yeah. thinks this game is a little bit dumb right that was the end of that song i think Very that good. yeah that song i think was like <laughs> lyrically decent and, oh that, uh, that that was and, very clever i enjoyed it i liked it the most um all right patrick koski writes not so much a question but an observation back in olden time thumbs olden times thumbs i want to say around episode 13 or so steve talks about how cool it would be to play a game where all you do is explore a mansion in great detail imagine if only one of you had planted the idea of there being a ghost as well I mean, I think we did, and that's where the ghost—the uh, the idea for the ghost in Gone Home came from. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, Gone Home contains multiple ghosts. Yeah, I mean, you he know. could have gotten that idea separately, but I think he probably got that idea because of that original conversation. Yeah, from being that a the thumbs. Yeah, I
1: mean, there's the ghost game inside of Gone Home. There's the Gone Home original soundtrack. There's the ghost of Uncle Oscar, who I think is
0: canonically present. True. Due to the Ouija board shenanigans. Mm-hmm. There's the ghost who went home. Yes. There's the ghost who goes Caldecott around. Back. There's w- the medal winner. There's the ghost who moves around the home like telekinesing objects. Right. Up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and, that's like, the, go- that's the ghost away. who went home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ghost who went home by Steve Gaynor, <laughs> Yeah. Age seven. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Laureate winning. Laureate winning. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just a
2: ripoff of Casper. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> Uh,
1: remember when Majesco licensed the contents of Gone Home to make a Casper game <laughs> uh, for the 3DS, the new 3DS? The ghost who
0: owns itself
1: <laughs> that is what chat says correctly.
0: Yeah. Um, Ivar Kvarin writes I think I have listened to all of Idle Thumbs and Important If True, but I'm not sure I know or remember the origin stories of The Wizard, Video Games, and What Is Game. Could you elaborate? Uh, The wizard... I, uh, the that, wizard
1: came from the wizard being announced as a Diablo class 3. in Diablo Three, and mm-hmm. we all went, "What? It's just called the wizard? <laughs> yeah. Instead of it being the it necromancer sorcerer. or the sorcerer or whatever, yeah, yeah, just like the wizard. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, it's oh, just so the, the guy with the pointy funny, hat. It's
0: a wizard. and We just uh, thought it was funny. And then
1: you wrote the song because the lyrics of the Idle Thumb song, "The Wizard," actually described the attributes as then announced of the Diablo Three. Yeah. Class. They. They. Right. Yeah.
0: The spells that were announced. The like enhanced spectral blade, spectral blade, and enhanced spectral blade. Improved spectral blade. Sorry. 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 Yeah. Um, that was all like, and the wizard was
1: described as like a rebellious foe. I think in yes, the, he in, was. Yeah. yeah, that
0: was all directly from. Um, Where did video games come from? Well, I don't understand what that means. Uh, I think probably us. Well, video games. Like, I, I was uh, what described, described as
2: just a, as an exclamation. I was like, described I was video- as video games.
1: Rodkin because I don't know, but that's uh, uh, maybe. that that I think was in part because I don't didn't don't and didn't play them and it was funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But video games as a declaration has just been a thing that has been funny to us since we since all sort 2004
0: of, era Idle Thumbs. Yeah, if not before. If not before, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we
1: did a video, man, I wonder if we're just, uh, if we have one joke that we do forever. let's look at this painting of jay allard behind us here (laughs) and remember that in the out of thumbs e3 2005 video it opens with me dressed as jay allard (laughs) walking out on stage pounding the table once and saying the word video games and then a theme Uh, song plays
0: jake you said the words video games." oh you're right
1: i said the words video games and then uh that was the opening
0: of that video what is game? I don't actually remember where "What is game" came from.
1: I think that "What is game" that sounds very Steve. I think that Stevian. Yeah, I don't remember who or who, which of us it came from, but it was just a reductive, sort of dismissive, shitty version of f- attempting to have deep philosophical arguments and
0: questions about anything I think in that's video right. games. Right, it probably came from like. Sort of just like a ludology tired of or like whatever. ludology versus narratology or whatever. Yeah, like being
1: just g- like, is there a game that can make you cry? Can games make feel? Yeah, what is game?
2: <laughs> episode 27 is called What is Game. Sorry, say that again into the Epis- mic. Episode 27 is called What is Game, so I wonder if that's it might, it well, might that, be in there. If it's yeah. Good. Oh, we, we also, have, a special guest Steve Gaynor.
0: <laughs> mm, it's a, such a Steve formulation. Yeah. We eventually answered What is Game with Quap is Game, but that came later. Yeah. Mm. But What is Game was answered. Um, all right. I think that 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 pretty much sums it up. Oh,
1: you joked at the oh. end of a podcast telling people to send in questions such as what is game. 2 or 3 weeks later when you recorded again, you forgot I had a ton of emails asking it says
0: <laughs> says <laughs> SL128 in chat.
1: You speculated that it was a 4chan prank. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Amazing.
0: <laughs> Fucking hoisted. Yeah, hoisted. Fully hoisted. Early hoisting. Early Idle Thumbs Network. Game
1: Dreamer says, what is game is the how do I shot web of of Early Idle Mm, Thumbs, which I think is also correct.
0: That's very very accurate. Oh, perfect timing. Wow. All right. Okay. Okay. Shut up, timer. Daniel writes... As the Idle Thumbs Network continues to branch out with new formats and varieties of shows, are there any possible projects you'd like to explore in the future? Presumably projects with limited scope, such as Twin Peaks Rewatch or shows with a format similar to something true but produced as a season.
1: The podcast idea that I had that I really was excited about doing for a while but will never do was to do a a short series of podcasts that were interviewing developers, um, with the sole purpose of asking them what their version of Half-Life 3 would be. Mm. Uh, I thought that would be really fun, and I still do, but it would take an infinite number of years. Also everyone having left valve who's who like contributed to it, so much of the narrative design of all those games makes me less enamored by it because i can no longer imagine them uh, right. off either either doing that or yeah. listening to that podcast and being completely baffled and annoyed that we were making it <laughs> <laughs> since you can't troll those valve members anymore the value has Yeah, the value has, decreased. Yeah, the value yeah. has totally decreased. Yeah. I mean also just sort of the magic of are those guys in a room somewhere working on that secretly right. and being cheeky yeah. about it that magic is kind of drained out by Chet, Eric, Mark, Laidlaw, all no longer being there.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was my dream podcast for a while. Yeah. You talked about that for years. I know.
1: We I actually scheduled interviews to do it this GDC, and then, like, it just, everyone Fizzled was too down. busy and we yeah, just didn't do it. Happens,
0: yeah. 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 I would love to do more limited series, like Something True. I mean, Something True is an incredible podcast, and the existence of it in classic, like, me psych myself out fashion, the existence of it on the one hand makes me, like, Want to do something like that and also m- convinces me that I'll never d- make anything g- that good and therefore like cripples my confidence in mm-hmm. wanting to attempt it. Um, I think those guys like put together an incredible show and I really hope they do more seasons of it so we can put it on our website and yeah. like rub and have it's like quality rub off on us yep. for doing nothing. It's a really good podcast. I would like, yeah. I mean, I would like to do more. Uh, I'm honestly, Twin Peaks Rewatch is one of the most enjoyable shows we've done to me as well. And I would totally do more, I would absolutely do more either rewatch or watch along shows um, like that because I, I just think it's yeah we did super we fun. did
1: a, a bout of them for a minute there when we did the first run of Twin Peaks rewatch. That was right around the same time as we did the end of Mad Men and uh, True Detective mm-hmm. weekly.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, th- neither of those quite were as enjoyable to me because they both were like, sort of afterthoughts yeah they both came in at, at like the end of those shows yeah whereas twin peaks rewatch doing it right from the beginning gave it the feeling of like a project that yeah it's and and now when we when we go in to do the current season of twin peaks it feels like we're building on yep like i i love it i would totally do more of those nick
2: oh um the nick Brecken podcast episode three three <laughs> hundred uh clearly you say clearly, three
0: through three hundred yeah yeah you I mean, gotta catch you know, up we gotta catch yeah, up yeah, to yeah, thumbs, so. it's, it's a
2: lot of it's a lot of
0: recording yeah. so it'll be a while there there is a nick Brecken podcast that would be a very good podcast say <laughs> I, I i don't know whether it would i don't have a pitch for you but yeah i'm certain that such a thing exists in the ether oh yeah maybe oh
1: man uh in chat Oh no, stop alarm. In chat, SL one twenty eight proposed JP uh Lebreton's Doomcast of just him talking about each Doom map for twenty minutes, and then JP showed up in chat and said, My ears are burning in hell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um Evan Parker asks How do you manage to be on for one to three podcasts a week? Uh, I would say that question is very much in the eye of the beholder and yes. it's uh, up, on up for debate whether that is, whether the premise of your question is even true. I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. The
1: answer is to be exhausted and feel like you're probably putting way too much of your life into doing podcasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the last couple of months have been actually really tough to stay on top of all this stuff because mm-hmm. we, because of my wedding and Chris's uh, multi-week vacation and it meant we had to bank a ton of important if trues early, and then Twin Peaks coming back in a way that where they decided to put four episodes out on one day. Yeah, uh, has just it's. I feel like we do one out of thumbs a month, one Twin Pe- Peaks rewatch a week, and one important if true a week. But somehow plus a ruination cast, plus a ruination cast every month. But it's somehow which is a, a two and a half podcasts a week. Yeah. But it feels like five podcasts a week. It really does. And I don't know how. Well, because um, each
0: one requires prep, requires the recording, yeah. and then requires editing. Um, I'm really happy with the like output
1: that Idle Thumbs has going on right now, especially when something true yeah. was running at the same well, time. Well, plus,
0: like, yeah, plus sort of um, posting something true, posting out a weekend. Um, you do the book club. Which we don't make. Oh, yeah, I do the book club, so I have an additional podcast a month to record and edit. Um, We're yeah.
1: pushing a ton of content right now,
0: Chris. Yeah, it's intense, it's a lot. Especially uh, now that we decided to put them all up on YouTube as well. That's true. Yeah. The video <laughs> component actually adds an additional like marginal yeah. effort on top of that because now I have to edit them as video podcasts.
1: Oh, yeah. Also, Nick was basically dying for a month, which was interesting. Uh, yeah. 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 Seems fine now. We also banked so many episodes right when you were at your most sick that, like, yeah, we put out the Q and A episode on the feed last week, and it was just like to listeners. Say... It must
2: feel like you've just been sick in perpetuity. <laughs> that that one day where we recorded on Saturday, we did uh, like an important
1: of uh, truth thumbs, and that was
2: yeah, or like a
1: double important. I, don't know, I, don't I know. went
2: home and just still had a fever that day. <laughs> like I was, I came in and recorded that. I think it was yeah, we did two podcasts, and I was feverish the entire time. Uh, yeah, that that was. Whew. Sometimes crazy. you really got to just mentally like drag yourself into it and then it's yep. fine. And then you're, you get done and you're like happy that it's, it, that it happened.
0: Nick yeah. Brecken, how do you manage to say, stay quote, sick for one to three podcasts a week? <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. Chris, do how do
0: them you manage all to, to stay spicy? Them. Never. <laughs> <laughs> how do you manage to
1: make Chris stop saying, oh my God, we just recorded an important if true just now. Uh huh. And you didn't say stay spicy at the end. Yeah, because we didn't finish it <gasps> Shit, no, no, no. Why did I Fucker, say it? Why why did I you, ruined oh, it. I just Jake. surfaced this fact that it's no. guaranteed
2: going to get put in the episode now. Oh, oh no, because we didn't. It was r- going to get put in anyway.
1: Oh, <laughs> maybe it wasn't. We weren't really in a stay spicy emotional state, and then I just I just brought I it to we the fore. We weren't floor. staying spicy?
0: No. Mm. Oh, I ruined everything. Wasted. <sighs> Wasted for sure. Reggie Clark says if you guys could remake any game, what would it be? If not a game, what licensed product would you like to make a game out of? <sighs> remake any game. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think that means like do a sort of reboot style remake? Yeah, or does that so. mean like yeah. historically alter? It's like alter you, get to, you
1: get to do your take on that game with its license. I think it's probably yeah. what they meant. Okay. I don't
0: know, maybe tie fighter. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good choice. I really loved that game, hmm. and it's and the reason I say that is mainly because that isn't. I say that because not because I think I would be amazing at it, but yeah. because there isn't that genre. The world would be would benefit from a like that level of complexity,
1: cockpit adventure like cockpit right. action adventure yeah. experience. Yeah,
0: with a strong narrative, but not one that's like overbearing and annoying. It's just like just enough of it to kind of put a cool tone over the whole thing. Yep. Yeah,
2: I. Uh I think I would take the SimCity license and mm. uh, do my like nineteen nineteen twenties. Uh, oh yeah, the, the the like black and white, just you know, fucking Empire State Building original of rise of, yeah, of yeah, skyscrapers. Yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah, yep, that's, that's really good. That yeah, game, that game I want to make.
0: Would you start with? Would you start with like mm. an existing sort of? Like semi-agrarian. I think you'd go from like
2: reconstruction to like I don't know when you'd stop, but yeah, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. So, you,
0: but you'd, but I mean, you'd start the game with like an existing town. Mm-hmm. You have to then. That's kind of how Cities in Motion works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it would be it would be cool, some kind of kind hybrid of cool between model. those. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, yeah. That'd be interesting. Well, like you, you, could sort you start of with a New York where there's a ton of green space on all the on yeah.
0: where, where all the where it's now just full. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's the little tiny dumpy village. Yep. Yeah. The reason New York, the reason like downtown New York has all the weird streets that aren't part of the grid is because that was the original New York. Yeah. That's like right. what New York was. Yeah. 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 That'd be really cool. If you started in like lower Manhattan mm-hmm. in.
1: You could do a San Francisco that works very similarly, similarly to yeah, that as well, where you have yeah. basically yeah, like the yeah, Embarcadero yeah. and a couple little things down there, but then like. Do you think the bay would get o-
0: filled in like over time?
1: Oh, that would be really good if you if you mm. if you landfill out all the extra areas, and then also you have the entire sort of out to the bay and Sutro Baths moving, or out to the ocean and Sutro Baths moving yeah. out west, which is sort of yeah. like the natural residential growth of San yeah. Francisco, yeah. and then the commercial
0: growth was fill. That would be interesting. Interesting way to gate like acreage because in San Francisco yeah. you'd have like the bay before before it was filled in and the and the uh, coastline was expanded, and then on the western side of the city you'd have just like unbuildable sand. Yeah. Right. And it's like, okay, until a certain year or until you have the technology. It's like Crusader to kind of Kings. Get, it's like, like the like, way Crusader this, yeah. Kings works. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like you're making all these choices, but there's historical events or like Hearts of Iron that, historical yeah. events that just like assert themselves right. and then op- like the possibility space changes to Yeah, that'd be a really cool way to build a, a city game. Yeah. I'm and it's totally like putting it in the era of the original skyscrap like the first wave of skyscrapers would like really Yeah, I like know, that a lot. Like that. Yeah. That's cool. I guess it that's not technically a remake. Well no, he's well, no no, he says it he yeah. says well he says, if not a game, what licensed product would you like to make a game out of? Oh whatever, half life three, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Darren hinchy asks, what would the title be of each of your autobiographies as chosen by the other two?
2: Hmm. Huh. That's a fucking hard question. That's really hard.
1: Yeah. I think Nick's would be if I did it. <laughs> <laughs> <That's Christ. laughs>
0: no i don't know oh man jakes would probably be hoisted you can't it can't just be a no. meme.
1: new rule it can't can't just be an out of thumbs joke fair enough i think jakes would be the man
2: who everyone sounded like <laughs> that is like a that is a saga it is an ongoing saga <laughs> yeah what
1: what yeah. does that mean
2: just the way that people the more they're around you the more they appropriate your speech patterns and just oh like, okay i yeah, see yeah, yeah. yeah in some like yeah. rise of jake rodkin so I'm like, a, to people, I'm like I'm like a
1: reluctant but 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 present
0: meme yeah you could also you well, could also add yeah. to that the fact that people often confuse people with him on the podcast oh that's true just like the, the yeah. actual sound of the voice yeah the sound
1: yeah. of the voice is the <laughs> name <laughs> the sound, of the <laughs> voice. sound of the voice yeah that's a better <laughs> jake phone. rodkin story yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah i
1: don't know what chris's autobiography is called hmm
0: Hmm. Hmm. Does it have to be an autobiography? Could it be a biography? Could it be like a biography oh, with tr- oh, an yeah. angle? I wasn't yeah. even
2: thinking about it in that context. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
1: Chat suggests space asshole, <laughs> <laughs> which is also not allowed. Oh, they also suggested that uh, mine would either be garbage or a history of video games. <laughs> history, of a history, video history of video games, video games is, really good. is
0: really good. That's quite good. Yeah. Garbage, this, this is not
1: <laughs> Garbage That's, could be any of ours. Let's be honest. Could be, yeah, garbage here. Like, is yeah. just the
0: collective, Idle Thumbs host biography.
1: Nick Brecken's silent audiobook. <laughs> uh, uh, the other one that was suggested by Chad that would totally ab- apply to any of us, but
0: mostly me and Chris is just a fart. Just sound. a fart sound. <laughs> p pert p r r t. When when uh, when we were um, starting the original Idle Thumbs. Website. Our colleague Merrick Bronstring, Bronstring Merrick Bronstring, uh, a Dutchman, um, <laughs> used to used to always use the four letter word P R R T, and it was years before I realized that it was like Burr? that that was supposed to be a fart. Yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. was like Pfft. just Burr? like
1: yeah. I thought, I always think of it as like the like a tonal sort of trumpety like just. Like to do yeah, sister. I think you're right. I think that's yeah. I think
0: that's accurate. That's
1: accurate. That's oh, my that's my he, mouth fart game was on point right then. Too. I know that, that was, was really good. good. I can't do yeah. the
0: I can't do the pert fart. But I thought I always I for years thought that was a weird like just Dutch mm. sort of sort of equivalent of like psh, like yeah you right. know it's sort of yeah. just dismissive sound. And I th- and I just always interpret it as pert. Chat is way better at naming
1: uh, our, our biographies than we are. They suggested that Nick's be called internalized.
0: Ah, that's uh, and that good. Chris's
1: mm. is interesting colon <laughs> you'll never hear the rest no <laughs> video games is two words
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty good um eric hall says i would like to use my question to endorse the podcast something true interesting colon is what jp just suggested <laughs> interesting colon ooh, uh. <laughs> sorry your question Eric Hall says, I would like to use my question to endorse the podcast Something True, which is possibly the best podcast of the Idle Thumbs Network and one of the best podcasts out there generally. Any regular listener to any Idle Thumbs podcast will know that is very high praise. The first season is complete. Go get it. Seconded. Well, that was easy.
1: Also, I I mean, it was couched at the end with, which means that it's really, really good. But it started off with just like a really sort of subtle... Sort of just, just polite, and polite bomb. dunk on yeah. us of like, mm-hmm. it's a, I mean, it's a good podcast. Mm-hmm. We had nothing to do with it. Let the record show that our <laughs> friends made it who are really talented and <laughs> yes. good at podcasting. Also, n- neither of them had podcasted before. So yeah, they just walked onto Followed. our website and just like, yep. Heard I walked onto our website it. to, to, I mean, they actually leapt from the moon with a basketball in their hands and <laughs> yeah. like the most just, savage yeah. dunk of all time. Mm-hmm. And then they just drilled through the earth and came out the other side. Yep. Uh, but when the when the contact was made, it was to leave eight episodes of the best content on our site. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's nice of them.
0: That's exactly correct. Um, let's see. Trevor says, describe the best meal of your life. Was it spicy?
2: By the way, your autobiography would just be called "Stay Spicy" at this point. That's yeah. that's clearly if it was an autobiography. That's oh no, yeah. be.
1: Yeah. let's it,
2: "Stay th- Spicy."
1: I think <laughs> depending on what what time in your life it is written, because first it it would be "Stay mm. st- Stay Spicy," mm. the middle aged guy who's sort of trying oh, to yeah. get people like like uh, identity reconstruction would be mm-hmm. staying spicy, spicy with an yeah. apostrophe <laughs> still still spicy and then still like spicy still, and yeah, I, and yeah, then yeah.
2: I stayed spicy right yeah the Paul the Paul Simon sort of like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. staying
1: spicy I stayed spicy mm-hmm. like just and then at the end it would be spicy a life considered <laughs>
2: uh, best
1: meal I don't know if I can remember my best meal the ones that I always the meals that are always the most enjoyable to me are ones in a like I've never I'm not a big fine dining person but a like above average restaurant with a handful of friends in a situation where there's a great server or the chef or the owner of the restaurant somehow becomes aware of our table and the Mm. amount of food that shows up is way out of control compared to what is intended or is just being chosen and recommended by the staff so like the good social experience plus the restaurant deciding that they're going to make your night really good is always the best but I don't know if I have a single meal because I've never like gone above a certain restaurant quality threshold no I just lied the best meal that I think I've had was probably going to Nobu Sushi oh shit. in Los Angeles oh wow with Dominic Armato who is the voice oh, yeah. actor of Guybrush Threepwood and is now <laughs> the food critic Crazy. for the uh, Phoenix newspaper oh uh-huh. nice and he just... I had never had sushi before. Oh. And um, my sense of sushi was ruined. When was this? It was in, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, sitting down and him just saying, I'll order, and basically money was no object, and we were just... It was, like, six of us and him. Wow. And just, like... So it was all the things I just described except that it right, was also
0: in a like transcendent. It, yeah. You know, it was like yeah.
1: some of the best food I've ever had. And also yeah, all the food was handpicked by a person who later went on to become a restaurant critic by trade. Right. Like, that was a good meal. So, yeah, okay. I, I, f- I
2: found it, man. Uh, my I feel like
0: you'd have some good answers to this. Nick.
2: I have, I think I have a decent answer. Um, it's not a restaurant answer. Uh Thanksgiving. When I was like 16, we went to my aunt's house, which is in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. Um, And it's this old colonial house that's essentially like in a town of, I don't know, 50 people or something. It's just the most like Thanksgiving area possible. There are just cornfields everywhere. And we went to have Thanksgiving and um, halfway through the day, uh, she lost power. Like the house just lost power and it never came back. And so we had to basically rescue Thanksgiving uh, as a f- like as a sort of like it was me and my parents and my grandmother mm-hmm. and my aunt and I think one or two other family members and we had to all come together and just like figure out how are we going to cook a turkey with no power? How are we going to fucking do this with no power? What the hell are we going to do? Like we ended up grilling the turkey and like just doing oh, weird wow. shit like just like somehow making biscuits on the grill and then somebody was over here like it just turned into this insane thing and then there's like a picture of us all. By candlelight, eating this like weird ad hoc Thanksgiving that we just threw together. That sounds awesome. It was like a really really good good moment. And I'm actually for the first time in a long time going back to that house to have Thanksgiving this year, so I'm really excited.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, My this this is uh, probably not like the single greatest meal or whatever I've had, but it was a recent experience and very notable and like wonderful. Uh, it was actually on our recent trip to Paris, we were recommended by, we, we went to, so we went to like Versailles on just like a bike tour and had a this like hilarious Irish tour guide who lives in Paris and, you know, as a bike tour guide. And he gave us a recommendation for a family owned restaurant in, I think like the 11th arrondissement called L'Aubergiade. And he's like, just go there and it's great. And it's like 20 euro for like a five course meal or whatever, like it's just great. And just compliment them. And we're like, all right. So we went there that evening and we didn't have a reservation. And it was amazing. It was like the, the platonic ideal of just a great neighborhood restaurant. It was a family owned restaurant and the entire front of house was the owner and his daughter, who was our server. And uh, and it was just like. They we got there and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, we do not have a table. Come back in 45, 45 minutes. We're like, all right, great. And we came back and when we came back, he was so excited that we had like. Actually, actually came, came, back? came back and yeah. he's like, oh mon ami, like oh sit down. And we sit down and we're like, okay, great. And he's like brings us the little sort of complimentary, you know, amuse bouche. And we're like, oh it's great. And he's like, oh wine. And he like brings us wine on the house. He like serves us. We ha- we had just like all of the most. Um, like I got escargot because I'm like, fuck I'm sorry, it. Fuck I'm it. I've no, never, time's up. <laughs> I've never had escargot. I'm gonna I'm just gonna get this. It was fucking delicious. Everything we ate was unbelievably good. It was incredibly affordable. And we we sat down at like 9 p.m. We didn't leave until almost midnight. The place has an official closing time of 10, 15 p.m. At the time we left, there were still people like walking in the door and like hugging the guy and mm-hmm. like going through the whole thing and sitting down. The place was packed. And it was just the most... It was such like the epitome of like perfect restaurant dining. It was like affordable and delicious and friendly and just lots of people. Great atmosphere, delicious food. It was just like everything you want from your local place. That's like, yep, I would if I lived in this neighborhood, I would just be in here every week. This is ridiculous. It is just the most welcoming, wonderful combination of everything you want out of a restaurant. And I don't know if it was like technically the best meal I've ever had. I mean probably not, but it was in terms of like hitting every thing that like a great rest- neighborhood restaurant would strive for, it was totally that. It was Le Bargeade in Paris. Nice. So, yeah. Fiona Martin says, "Do any of you have a memory as a child that's clear as day, but you have no idea why that particular memory still remains? Love Fiona." I probably do. I mean I have some that are memorable for obvious reasons. The ones that I that are memorable for not obvious reasons are probably ones that I can't call to mind right now because every once in a while I'll just think of them and it's something totally like not noteworthy and boring. Yeah, I have a
1: memory of my cousin Amy getting a like stuffed like plush hot air balloon for Christmas when uh-huh. I was probably like two years old. It's all I got from that
0: whole window <laughs> of my life. Don't know yeah. why. Yeah. Mm. I remember a grade school teacher teaching us that the way you can remember how to spell the word separate is by pronouncing it separate. And that way you won't misspell it with an E instead of an A. Separate. And there's nothing catchy about it. It's not like a mnemonic that has anything in it, but it's stuck in my head for over two decades. Hmm. Three. No, no. Yeah. Over two decades. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I have an answer for this question. That's a really difficult question. You of all people who have yeah, nothing think but you weird be- memories. But I remember
2: of- the context of all of it. I mean, isn't the, the question is, is literally like you, you have the memory, but you don't know why you have it, right? I mean, oh, Also, yeah. your memory yeah. is, in
1: fact, too strong. It's a curse. Yeah. I don't know.
2: <laughs> it's tough. I might need to pass for a minute. And come back to it if I remember something.
0: Well, let's tie. We could maybe tie it into this next question. <coughs> Mitch Mistroni says, "Hi, thumbs. What does your 12-year-old self think of your 2017 self? Are they impressed? Disappointed? Confused?" Twelve. Yeah. What was I doing at 12? Tw- I feel like 12 is an age I don't have a lot of memories of. 96 for me. For you too, I guess so. Yeah. 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 1992
2: for Jake. Ninety two and three,
0: yeah. Um, hmm. what the hell was I doing at twelve? I was probably reading like Star Wars books. Yeah. So you'd probably think it was cool that you wrote a Star Wars video game. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually true. I mean, that would that would actually be very impressive to my twelve year old self. Yeah. Yeah,
1: my twelve year old self would not know what to do with the fact that I help to design and direct the fifth Monkey Island game <laughs> yeah, and, then I'd ha- awesome. and then I'd have to be like yeah but it's mm. it was pretty <laughs> compromised dude it was like for the Wii yeah you would think the Wii is cool maybe uh, it's not I don't know I mean it's cool but I would have to like couch everything that I would tell to my 12 year old self because I think right. my 12 year old self
0: you made a Monkey Island for a Nintendo console <laughs> right like, uh, holy my, yeah shit.
1: my 12 year old self would be blown away by my career but I would have to be like ah, but then also be like okay actually it's cool because uh, mm. so many of the things that I'm doing are distressingly directly th- what my yeah, 12-year-old too. self would I, yeah. think is cool. I
0: wrote a new adventure game with Ron Gilbert, yeah, the creator yeah, yeah, of yeah. Monkey yeah. Island. But it's like, you know, it's like- But uh, you're like, it's just uh, the job. Uh, <laughs> no, I just mean like the cave. I'm like happy with parts of it, but it, it's not something that- my 12-year-old self wouldn't play that game and think it's like an incredible game, probably.
1: Yeah, a lot of my messages to my 12-year-old self would be like, yeah, I actually did all the things that I thought would be cool, or many things that I thought would be cool when I was 12, and they weren't actually fulfilling. Uh, the things that mm-hmm. were fulfilling are all so many of the other things that I'm doing in my life. And 12-year-old yeah. me would go, uh-huh. <laughs> Tell me more what happens in Monkey Island 5. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, that's <laughs> totally true. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good question. My 12-year-old self would probably not be impressed by the things that preoccupy me, now like all the yeah. shit that people give me for like recommending a shoehorn on important if true though all of that like scorn would be shared by my 12 year old self who would be confused by the things that I bother to care about at this point in my life probably that's probably a f- fairly universal I think so sentiment yeah hmm. um, do you have anything Nick on that not really your 12 year old <laughs> self would just be like eh
2: kind of, I think that might actually be the case. I think my 12-year-old self would be like, oh, that makes sense. Alright, see you in, you know,
1: 20 years. <laughs> like, yeah.
2: I don't, I don't really know.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah. My 12-year-old self would be really happy that I've worked out a lot of the weird latent issues with my parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I I'm
3: not even going there. Yeah. <laughs> really, that's not, that is... Ugh.
0: Oh, wait, what are you saying, Chris? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks for joining us for idle thumbs ruination online uh we'll, we'll put this up on the idle thumbs podcast feed which may well be where you're listening to it uh, and if you are a uh, a backer of our patreon at one of the higher tiers um Look out for the next post that we make on the Patreon page at patreoncom idle so you can post your questions to be answered on the next Ruination. And uh, another episode of Idle Thumbs coming up. You can also send regular email to idle at questions at idlethumbs.net or to important if true at questions at important if true.com. And that's that, I think. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Some of these are so shitty. What's the most annoying, disastrous iPhone sound that could be used for the timer?
2: <laughs> that is actually my alarm every morning.
0: That's it. I think that's it. Because it's trash? Yeah. It's just, are we online right now? Can people so, hear us? Yeah, so they can hear us. Please, Chris. that
2: I, I cannot help but get out of bed to stop
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it this week. No, you, you found it already. I think <laughs> we already found it.
1: Oh, there's a worse one somewhere, and I can't remember. God, what it's no, called. Don't
2: make it the thing that wakes me up every morning. That's, oh,
3: God. No, that's terrible. No, it's terrible
2: to no, hear no, your no, alarm no, no, every day. No, no, no.
0: It's good. It's two good. Two it's minutes.
2: good.
0: No, do that. no, 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 it's good. Please. No, 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 no. It's fine.
1: But you, are you sure you don't want to be like a dad coffee commercial? Like, God. Oh. That one and the piano riff are the worst
2: iPhone. Uh, that
0: one makes me want to actually barf.
2: Oh, so my ex girlfriend, that was her alarm, and this was my
1: alarm.
2: <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding.
1: <laughs> oh, everything's
0: terrible God, you two were the lamest
1: Yeah I mean, we were intentionally lame, but yes
0: Yeah, yeah
1: Someone are. said, use by the seaside What is that? It's oh, yeah, of yeah, course sure, <laughs> yeah. We, sh- we shop channel, yeah. basically No, I'm sorry, it's going to be that fucking trashy piano Yeah. Oh, no, even worse <laughs> oh.
0: No, that one's not worse Oh, it is Oh, you're looking for piano riff? <laughs> it's so lame <laughs> I love it <laughs> All right um, <laughs> should we get Should we get this shit going?
3: Yeah.
0: Welcome to the Idle Thumbs Ruination Online for June 2017. I'm Chris Remo. I'm
1: Nick Brecken, and I'm Jake Rodkin.
0: We are going to <coughs> answer questions posed to us by. Uh, High-level patrons from our Patreon campaign at patreon.com/slash/idlethumbs. High-functioning, <laughs>
1: yeah. high-functioning patrons. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. We like last month. We're on a giving ourselves a comfortable three-minute timer this time around on our questions. We've got a great timer sound that Nick loves. That's fine. We'll we'll hear it later. So it's from the iPhone Classic Sounds Library. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So should we just we get going? Yeah. All right. Let's ruin our lives. So I'm just doing these in chronological order from when they were uh, added to the Patreon question gathering post. So we're kicking it off with a question from Brian Bannon, who says, Any chance of bringing back the True Detective podcast for its season three? I know season two was a hastily assembled dumpster fire, (laughs) but maybe the time off between seasons has let them actually come up with a good story again.
1: Uh. I have not thought about that at all. I I, I had I no. Have, I haven't either. Yeah. I had no personal intentions of doing that because I'm already feeling pretty podcasted up in life. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, who's, know. who knows how we'll feel at the time.
0: Yeah. When do we know when True Detective is coming back? I don't think so. I don't. Know. Do we know anything about it at all?
2: I don't think so. Other than they're just doing it. Has it been
0: an, okay? So they haven't yeah. said like coming 2018 or something. I don't know. Maybe we yeah. should know more. Starting strong with
1: this Ruination cast.
0: I mean, one of the things that was fun for me about doing Twin Peaks rewatch was that it it felt really low stakes because it was um we were rewatching a show right. that had been off the air for decades and it was that show is also just like obviously that show has a lot it has serious stuff in it it has you know, really intense and distressing stuff in it, but it also doesn't take itself that seriously most right. of the time. Right. Um, so it felt like a sort of just a fun thing to do on the side. Um, Twin Peaks season three is very different than it feel, that. It in feels a lot of way ways, more like an
1: assignment, right?
0: I mean, the, doing no, the podcast. Uh, uh, Twin Peaks just, season three.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It's just not something that no. I that I that I like have bad feelings about, but I think the the sort of people are paying
0: attention to
1: it, including us. Like, it's on a timetable, it has an audience, and it's not just, like, us sharing some thoughts about a thing that we wanted to talk about that we found. That's,
0: it's still, yeah. No, I mean, that's true. That's a fair point. Although I will say that having done, like, 30, almost 30 episodes of it, or more than 30 episodes, in fact, of it before we started season three put it, it, made me so comfortable doing that podcast that I don't really, it doesn't really feel like an assignment to me. Doing the True Detective season two podcast felt more like an assignment because, I mean, I think there's a lot to like in the second season of True Detective, but there's also a lot to be sort of unenthusiastic about. And I don't I know. Think I think yeah, you know. I would
1: have actually enjoyed doing a True Detective season two rewatch podcast more than doing a True Detective I, <laughs> season yeah, two think, watch along podcast. I think I agree. That's knowing right, yeah. the entire shape of that season yeah, and then being yeah, able yeah. to be like, now that we all know what it is, let's talk about what's there yeah. uh, on a reexamination would have probably been fun.
0: Yeah. I mean,
2: I'm oh, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say the first two episodes are written and David Milch is apparently working with, um,
0: what is he like Oz or something? Uh, what is Deadwood. He? Oh, and, Deadwood. Right. Um,
2: yeah. I forget what else. Yeah. yeah. Crazy.
0: Yeah. All right. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I never, yeah, I, I, I mm. had to, Deadwood is everyone's favorite thing. It took me a few attempts to get into it, but I eventually did and I really liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I remember you being a big fan. I would like to do more. I, I really, really like doing Twin Peaks rewatch and I would like to do more of this TV, either rewatch or watch along podcast. It's just a matter of finding the right ones. Yep. But I, I, I have a lot of fun doing that. Yep. Um, also, Michael Sowen replied in the comments to this with the correction from dumpster fire to dempster fire. <laughs> so I appreciate Michael Sowen using the appropriate. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Historical mm-hmm. uh, name. All right. Uh, answer answered your question is we don't we don't know. Nick Cornick writes this is along very similar lines I guess says given the extra time and budget that would be needed to create another podcast for the network what type of podcast would you make and why so this is just like if we were in a position where we you know or I I guess the premise is like if we don't if it doesn't have to be squeezed into every available minute we have in our lives which is often what Mm -hmm. podcasting feels like uh, if we somehow were in a magical situation where we just had extra time and money, what kind of podcast would we make?
3: Well,
2: like a weekly video game uh, review <laughs> podcast, maybe some kind of like... Oh, like news discussion? To update, yeah, updates you on like of... the E3 uh, conferences and yeah. you know, maybe some funny songs. I don't know.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, I I feel like I said this exact same thing last ruination I think we got asked the same question basically yeah oh, okay yeah well, I don't think yeah, it is I mean, the exact same question I'm saying yeah, I think we asked a similar question yeah I think, you're right. a I similar think it's question. similar question yeah this like, is framed a little bit could, differently but yeah. yeah basically the same yeah I mean I I loved doing I I loved listening to and um just sort of following the progress of something true from Duck and and Alex Ashby on our network and something like that would be super fun to do I've never really seriously yeah. put a lot of time into thinking about a podcast <clears> that would require that much research and prep because it's it's enough. It's, it's like, in, in a lot of ways, more already more than I feel like we can handle doing the number of podcasts we do now with the considerably lower amount of prep they require than a show like that. But if time was no object, I would love to do something like that. You know what I would like to do? I would like to do a a show where I... Wrote music where the podcast was like me writing music as a way to sort of force myself to write more music recreationally. If I had more time and effort, I would be think it'd be really interesting to have a podcast where the content of the podcast is like musical ideas as they are mm. sort of formed and turned into something. Kind of like, um, if you ever heard Song Exploder, mm. it's a it, song exploder is a really cool podcast where uh, the host interviews musicians and then they kind of do do this from the other direction where they take a song that is already exists and they tease it apart and go like oh and then I thought like what if I'll put some horns in and then they'll have just the isolated horn line yeah, that you can cool. hear and and they'll talk about sort of where was I when I thought of this idea and so on. I think it'd be interesting to do that from the other direction where it's like I'm going to try and like start with an idea and layer it all together in a way that people can can follow. I think that would be fun. That would be a cool
1: podcast. I would listen to that podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: but I certainly, I definitely do not have time for that.
1: Mm. Uh, let's see. I mean, I I'm in a similar place to you, Chris. I think in that if I had the time and resources doing something, I would I would do me exploring a musical <laughs> composition that I developed. <laughs> no, just a more produced podcast would be a thing that would be really fun to try and do, but. Even doing the ones where you just sit down and fart stuff into a microphone, take up so much time. Oh, um, yeah. The true podcast that I want to exist in the world, that I want to will into being, is the Matlock theme oh, yeah. podcast, but I don't think we should <laughs> say any more, uh, lest, lest it become
0: real. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's a good theme, though. One of the great <laughs> things. Yeah. Matlock theme. One of the great, things. Affinity great... re-listenable. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot to say about the theme song to Matlock. I, I think I got it. St- I, the theme of Matlock periodically gets itself stuck in my head, and in, that happened to me like two days ago. Um, and once the Matlock theme gets stuck in my head, <laughs>
2: nope, sorry. <laughs> right. eh, times that's up. my podcast. My audio podcast is going to be uh, uh, about up. that that theme. That next sound. time to get up. It's first day of school.
0: Oh, oh. <laughs> um, all right. Julian de la Prados writes, Once upon a time in the Austro-Hungarian Empire, which ruled much much of Central Europe, there were lords and peasants. The lords owned all the land, but the peasants were granted portions of it to work for themselves. The peasant would then work his little plot and the lords. The bigger the pl- peasant's plot, the longer he had to work the fields of the lord who had granted it to him. The system abolished. Abol- Ugh, I can't read. The system abolished by Emperor Joseph II in 1848 was called robot. The system was abolished, but the word, of course, survived. 72 years later, in 1920, a Czech fellow called Karol Kapek was writing a play. It was a rather spooky futuristic piece about a factory that produced willing servants out of biological matter. Mr. Kapek decided to use the Latin root labor and call these manufactured servants labor. And that would have been that, were it not for Carol's brother, Joseph, who suggested calling them robots instead. Carol took the suggestion and made the changes. The play was performed under the title R.U.R., Rossum's Universal Robots, and was such a success that the word arrived in English two years later. Uh, This is from David Forsyth in the Etymologicon of page 91. So, to some, robot comes from Austro-Hungarian word for a system of indentured servitude. Robots as we know them today were almost called labori. My question for you is: Are there any phrases or words that you've always been curious about? <laughs> that is the <laughs> most outrageous prologue to Jesus. ask that question. But that I'm glad, actually, I'm happy about that it.
1: That email was sent into <clears throat> Important If True, and we it was in the sort of discussion rota for a couple weeks, but we never got to it. Mm, yeah, uh, I did read uh, that. that. Is a, such a good story of the yeah. background of that name um, this week in Labori News? Well, I've
0: seen <laughs> so I've seen people have definitely written into us with. The thing about robots coming from that play.
1: No, the whole this whole. Email I, okay, I somehow was in the missed. Inbox,
0: I yeah. didn't. Mm. I didn't know that first part. I somehow must have missed that in our email. Um, but yeah, that is that is incredible. Uh, <laughs> Are there any? Fr- I don't know. Oh it's hard for me to answer this, is this a because
2: hard question. I
0: enjoy etymology so much that typically, if I'm curious <clears throat> yeah. about it, I will actually just go look it up, and I find it pretty interesting. So I don't. I mean, especially in the age of the internet, it's hard to sort of. You're like I've just always wondered what this word means because yep. you literally mm-hmm. have a device in your pocket that will tell you yeah. in seconds. So I don't know.
2: This is really tough. Yeah. the
0: The problem is the the main examples of this would surely be words that it never occurred to me to yeah. even think about, which means I'm you not going to have to, to happen be able to like think of on them this podcast right now. Right now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do
1: you guys have a favorite one that you know of that we're happy about? Like, because I've, oh man, I man. think on the podcast I've told my looking up of the word "ye" actually being the which is my favorite thing. Remind me. Okay. I will tell because I'm always happy to talk about it. <laughs> um, how you see like ye old shop and ye old pub and that sort of yeah. thing. The letter Y there when it used to be handwritten or like in, in that was actually not a Y in that word. It was the character Thorn, which kind of looks like if you take a Y, but then sort of join oh, the yeah. top together. And that actually makes mm. a th- sound in older forms of English. Ah. So, It would in fact be the old pub. It would Mm. be uh, that's really cool. When the printing press showed up, like movable type that came from Germany, and German didn't German didn't have thorn, so typesetters in the English language just adapted to the most similar shaped letter. Apparently, ah, and we ended up getting a bunch of. So the most
0: similar shaped letter was at two different letters next to each other. No, oh,
1: thorn plus e was t h e was a way to, and that turned into y e.
0: oh, right, it went the other way around, of course. Yeah, 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 I see. Yeah. Huh. Uh,
1: Because, like, ye for, like, a a form of you is different than ye as the. And they've sort of both turned into just ubiquitous old-timey language. Right. Uh, But one of them is because...
0: So so ye as the and ye as you actually have totally different etymological roots. Yes, if you walked... Mm. That's amazing. If you
1: walked into some old-timey old timey old timey place and said hello yon traveler where is ye old pub he'd be like uh the old pub <laughs> it's, it's over there and you feel bad about yourself
0: yeah. huh yeah that's really good that's so interesting because that misconception has created an entire <clears throat> like that has become such a cliche yeah and it is entirely inaccurate yeah mm-hmm. ye old yeah. garbage dump
1: if I'm wrong about that I'll be fully hoisted but I oh, remember man. looking that up and being very very happy about that yeah. information
0: yeah wow huh yeah I like that a lot that's, yeah, tops that's anything
2: I could have yeah no I think that's thought I thought
1: I had told that on the podcast before I probably I do I've I heard that. Don't one time remember. there was cheese in my that, car so. <laughs> was one no, time I, I saw know. a brain
0: <laughs> I this funniest thing happened when I tried to flush a toilet the other day <laughs> <laughs>
1: next question
0: Resmi asks, "Do you guys tend to dream more in autumn or is it just me?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> what?
0: I don't I don't uh, even that, know how to no. like answer like think about this question.
1: What is the Wait, sorry. I'm sorry that I was not paying do, enough do you, attention. Do was... we dream more in autumn or is it just
2: Yeah,
0: Resmi says, "Do you guys tend to dream more in autumn or is it just me?" My sense of seasons is so entirely trash mm. I have I never have this I you can ask my wife this is a constant thing she will like she I've lived in well, it's because you live in San Francisco no I know but uh, yeah but we're, I, we're having either
1: sweltering heat or rain in the middle of June right no, now
0: I know yeah. I know well so maybe it's not entirely my fault but it still drives her crazy she'll ask like she's newer to Francisco. Sever- I've been in San Francisco for most of my life and she um has not and she'll say she'll be like oh yeah so you know this is like what it's like in august or something right i'm like i don't know mm. i i literally don't ever know anything about the seasons at all i don't remember what temperature it's ever supposed to be like <laughs> if someone says <laughs> like boy the weather is sure weird this time of year i'm like i i guess yeah, it is I, sure. I, sure if you okay, say well, so.
1: whenever anyone says that just agree with them i do yeah.
0: but i just i'm like, like yeah yeah i
1: mean everyone drives bad here and the weather is pretty notable today like <laughs> We're the whatever best just yeah it's pur- are really We're the the best bad best drink <laughs> uh, it's all true yeah yep. everything all the things that they say are true They're like oh have you noticed you dream more in the autumn you're like yeah 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 Yeah, totally i have the idea of dreams being on a seasonal, seasonal fluctuation dreams? is weird and i have never thought about that before yeah, and don't. i didn't know that was even a thing that it could be conceived of yeah
0: i could, yeah Maybe that means actually that you're just sleeping better in the autumn, right? Isn't it supposedly the case that you dream Mm. quite often, but you don't necessarily always remember it? And so it could be that if you're remembering those dreams, you're sleeping more deeply and or something possible. or the or the entire opposite. I, I have mean a lot of no people idea. have like
2: seasonal allergies that that get fired up in autumn
0: so that would be Oh, that, that, that be inject a weird... themselves. Like that's into how your I mark the
2: seasons mainly is like, oh, I'm sneezing. I'm oh, it's now. it's fall yeah, or spring. I've dreams. never had
0: allergies of any kind, so maybe that has contributed to never having to pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> also just the way that I choose to dress, like I don't own shorts. I don't own open-toed shoes. Like I don't wear t-shirts. So like it's sort of irrelevant. Like even if it, even if I know it's gonna be hot, mm-hmm. I'm it's not. I'm not gonna put shorts on anyway. So it <laughs> does, it really doesn't. Actually, no a- element in my life is affected yeah. by the season. Maybe even, they mean like your
1: aspirations increase.
0: Oh, like do you dream more? Like do you dream bigger in autumn? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean. You know, crisp, it's like a crisp
1: situation. Yeah, I will say Maybe it's that a
2: Dreamcast nine nine uh, 99 reference, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or whatever.
2: What? Right? Didn't it come out in September or something? It, it probably it's did. Thinking what was yeah. it that it was supposed to that
3: it was
0: said to? I don't fucking remember. Man, I, I will say that <laughs> even though I don't actually personally have any sort You've of can- dream more on. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think Nick's right you dream more uh, around the time that the Dreamcast initially launched. <laughs> that's what that's the sort of created a like dimple in yeah. In,
0: yeah. in dream time. Forrest Butler <laughs> says uh oh wait no sorry first no b- no no, I, I, I that skip, name I, isn't real. I was about to skip someone. Aaron Field says... Mm, that's a more normal name. Play, play more board games. Stream board games. Talk about board games. Have you played any board games recently? <laughs> Digital virgins count, I guess.
2: Um, I've been... Yes.
0: I, you've no. been playing a lot of board games? No. I.
1: <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah, my, my board gaming time is basically dropped off the map 100% Me at this too, point yeah. after sort of being... I mean, a deep board... Have you guys noticed that in autumn and summer and <laughs> winter and spring, you don't play a lot of board games right now?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we used to talk a big game about how we should stream some board games. Like, we used to talk about wanting to do, like, an Imperial 2030 stream and mm-hmm. some other stuff like that, but we've never bothered to do it. Mm-hmm. As we've also talked about, this table, if you took the TV or the monitor out of the middle of it, it would be fantastic for board games stre- streaming. That's true. Just put a board over that hole. Wow, it would be.
0: And you well, why board. would putting it... That
1: just, it's just a big round table with a bunch of cameras pointing on it. We've already got the room. Oh, sure. It's just, yeah. it's just, all you need is you the board game. one
0: pointing down from the ceiling. That's true. That's oh, the pro yeah. move.
1: All you need is a, a board game and a desire to play board games.
0: <laughs> I have board games. We all probably own board games. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't played them in a while either. The board games are s- require such specific or regular, I should say, regularly re- playing board games requires such a specific confluence of factors in your life. And the majority of them are do not exist in yep. mine currently. I, you know what? Actually, there's one board game I've been playing occasionally recently with my wife, which is Scrabble. We've been playing Scrabble in the evenings occasionally oh, recently. Yeah, she, I don't know why, but she just got really into the idea of playing Scrabble. So we bought a pretty nice, like I mean, I think one of the Scrabble sets they sell now is just like what they call the nostalgia edition, but it actually just is a nice wooden Scrabble set that's not it doesn't look like a piece of shit and it's it's fun. I mean, I used to, I played a lot of words with friends for a while, so I got really good at Scrabble. Um but I hadn't played it in a while and now we play it as an actual physical board game, which is just not something I don't think I had done since I was a kid. Um so that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the l- not the kind of board game no. field means, but it's my only recent example.
1: Yeah, you're, we're not talking about like Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah, right. Yeah. It is a good
0: game. It is a good game. I've played it once. Forrest Butler says, What are your favorite comfort f- comfort foods to make and consume? I tried homemade miso soup after Chris endorsed it on the forums, and I have been seeking out new comfort foods since. I think I endorsed it on a podcast, didn't I? Or not? I don't remember if I, I endorsed it on a board, if true or not. Me, so. Okay, I probably didn't. I might have been just ha! on the forums. Uh, sub question for Chris: What's your favorite brand of miso paste? Man, Nick, I feel like you'd be good at this. Nick's you have so many good snack, food. Wait, snack
2: preparation. Go. Wait. What? So, oh, that was for you. The miso paste question. Okay. Yeah. Um, man, what's my com- my my go-to comfort foods? Yeah, to make um, or eat.
0: To make and eat, I guess. God,
2: BLTs probably uh, is on that good list. Good BLT is good. I'm doing yeah. that a lot lately. Yeah, I got um, into a
0: big BLT phase of several months ago.
2: Yeah, you got to get
0: really good tomatoes. Yeah,
2: yeah, which is tough.
0: We're in this. We're we're actually we're getting uh, in that tomato we're close. season now. Yeah, we're close. Yeah. yeah, not quite there. Not quite, but the heirloom tomatoes are starting to show up in the grocery store. Yeah, I don't know. You guys go. I can't think of anything else. Um, um there's a I don't know. There's a few things I make. I mean, like a good uh, Italian tomato sauce is pretty tough mm. to beat. Um, a thing I've gotten really into recently is. Uh, because it really it requires almost nothing, and it's a nice it's a nice filling meal is cacio e pepe, which is, um, you know, pasta like spaghetti or linguine or something, some strand pasta, with uh, I, I forget which one it officially is supposed to be, with uh, Parmesan cheese and black pepper, and you sort of saute the black, tons of fresh grated gla- black pepper, you lightly, lightly saute it in oil so that it sort of infuses the olive oil. Um, and then you toss the pasta together in the pan with a lot of Parmesan cheese, and it's just, and and some olive oil, and it's, there's, you sort of sort of, well the, and it all sort of emulsifies into a creamy sauce. And it is so few ingredients, um, but it's it's really good. And then another thing, that I got really into is a recipe I saw in the New York Times Cooking. Uh, actually, the New York Times Magazine is where I first saw it, and now I just find, when I need the recipe, I find it in the New York Times Cooking app, which is a great app, and it is a Chinese sort of home cooking comfort meal. It was in, it was the last recipe in a column by a Chinese-American um, writer in the New York Times Magazine, and it is uh, tomato sort of like stir-fried tomato rice. And um, I should have had this queued up before I started reading, sorry. That's true. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> terrible. Uh, but it's, it's easy to make, and it's really delicious. Oh, here it is. Chinese stir-fried tomatoes and eggs. And it's, it's, it's really fast to make. It takes like 20 minutes. Chinese stir-fried tomatoes and eggs. Look it up. It's great comfort food. You make it with ba- like just basics. In your pantry, and it's super good.
1: I uh, just buy a lot of candy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like what? You have to you have to share the details. I don't
1: know, like it's like a sweet tarts maybe, or like some licorice.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Trevor, <laughs> says, this is not a question, but a p- but a. P- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just
3: keep going. This is not a que-
0: this is not a question, but a plea for help. I am a fool and can't, for the life of me, find where people are collaborating on postcards. Someone help! No one's
1: collaborating on postcards. For uh, shame!
0: Yeah, there there is a channel in the Idle Thumbs Reader Slack called Postcard Conspiracy. That because the Idle Thumbs Reader Slack is a free Slack. Uh, all messages further back than the most recent 10,000 messages end up just getting are lost to the sands of time. And so that channel is currently empty because uh, the discussion in it has, like, scrolled off into infinity. Um, there should probably be a f- thread on the forums. Maybe we should make one or someone listening to this make a thread on the idle forums for discussing postcards, because I've seen a few people ask this same question. The, our, this is in reference specifically to the postcards that are sent out to backers of our Patreon campaign. These postcards are um, a sort of branching, pseudo-choose-your-own-adventure story in which we choose your adventure for you, uh, as, as, as the story is revealed month by month in these monthly postcards you get.
1: And month four is going out right now, right?
0: Yeah, month four is going to be sent out within I'll send out some of them today Uh, the rest will go out by I would say Tuesday Um, by that point they should all be sent out and uh, so they have branched into uh, several different threads at this point so if you are getting those postcards you are getting different material than other people got and they're sort of starting to like loop back in on themselves and some of them are diverging into their own kind of side story Uh, and so We may have overbuilt this slightly. We did. This next month is even more ambitious, Uh, which Nick is. This is the bed Nick has built for himself. Uh, also the shittier bed you've built for me because I'm the one who has to I logistically make this all work. I like that work. our
1: jobs ended up splitting up so that Nick writes a wacky interactive fiction story. I design the goofy garbage that goes on the fronts of these and then you, Chris, get to just manage the logistics of like postal sorting and mail merge. <laughs> yeah,
0: cool. I, basically, I, <laughs> I am basically designing, it feels like designing a video game, literally, where I have to think through all of the like, okay, like this path goes this way and that means that like this doesn't This and I can't really like spoil if I explain too much of the process, it'll spoil how it works. But like, it is really complicated and requires a lot of management and tracking and organization, uh, (laughs) and spreadsheets. Um, but the upshot is, uh, it, it means that we are like it is certain that you the story you get will it'll be internally consistent, yes,
1: you'll be told a story and you won't even really know what the possibility space is for the stories you aren't being told.
0: Right. But so you're, we, not, you're not going to get one from a different branch. Unless we doesn't, fuck it up. Unless we fuck it up. And if we do, if you get ones that literally don't connect, I guess send us a support email, but um, that shouldn't happen. I don't think that's happened. Uh, but yeah, there should be a place where people can like collaborate to piece together the full story. So on the forums, maybe someone will make a thread or if not, uh, uh, we'll, never we <laughs> we'll never
1: know. We'll never know.
0: Um, okay so Nick wake up Mm -hmm. good morning Mm -hmm. Alex Schroeder writes earlier this week Kotaku posted an article chronicling the troubled development of Mass Effect Andromeda with one of the key revealed details being that the game went through a major scope change relatively late in development going from a large galaxy exploring game in the vein of No Man's Sky to a much smaller tightly scripted game like the previous titles suffice to say it didn't go as well as everyone hoped my question is, as developers, have you ever had a similar situation where you've set out to make one kind of game and for whatever reason ended up making something else? If so, do you think it was the right choice? I don't th- I don't know. Probably not. I mean, probably not to the degree of what is described in this. I feel like something as extreme as that can happen on two... I'm sure it can happen in any case, but I feel like it's more likely to happen either in the case where, like they're describing here, the budget is so big um, that certain circumstances will actually require you to make make massive changes because, you know, when something's that big, going even a few degrees off off course can, like, take you in a completely different direction. or if you look at something like Overwatch, like over, Overwatch is the end result of attempting to make a brand new MMO and it just resetting itself aggressively mid-development when they realized they were not building up to something that was ever going to see the light of day. And so that's one. And then the other thing is if you're making a game that is so – the team is so small, you know, if it's just you or if it's you and like one a couple other people – um then i feel like you're sort of nimble enough to be like you know what i realize like guys actually we're making a game that really wants to be like this kind of game um i feel like most of our experience has been on the sort of mid tier of development where you're are not really in either situation right i mean have you guys ever worked on something that just ended up making becoming something Fundamentally different. Not, than it started. None of the uh, stuff I've worked either.
1: on, what especially like when it was in pre-production, yes, I've worked on mm, things sure. that like have completely changed genres and changed art styles and whatever else. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever been on a game in production where everyone has a sort of like come to Jesus moment that is so yeah. big that we're like Just kidding, this game is a roguelike. Or you know, whatever. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's always been closer to some of the later examples that you gave of just going, uh actually just cut these four things out of the th- things that the player can do or cut this big whole act out of the story because it doesn't actually it's not what the game is but that's different I think than, than aggressively re- like being in a place like I've never been in a place where I had to make a change so big that I wasn't sure if I was making lemon f- lemons or making lemonade from lemons or if I was polishing a turd like I didn't know right, yeah. which way which way it was going because yeah. the, the changes were so huge it always felt like you know oh we just have to recalibrate recalibrate slightly yeah. but that is like yeah. a small course correction I mean there have also been times when I felt like maybe I was polishing a turd but that's uh, sure. that's that's different though just knowing your game is not what you expect it to be and that you have to ship is also another different, just, yeah. different thing that's just that's life just a reality that's just life as well, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Nick what do you think? oh I don't know oh, okay <laughs> No, I mean
0: man, Nick, you crashed hard. What is going I'm, on? I'm tired.
2: Yeah. Um no, I uh I I I haven't really worked on anything that was that large really or at least had a had like a major hand in anything that was that big that it could be actually scaled back to that size like I was around at Bethesda when those kinds of games were being made, but I didn't have a huge hand in them. And but also those games were just huge and didn't <laughs> didn't never really get readjusted. Yeah, I know of examples where that's happened, yeah, but yeah. No, nothing that I've personally worked on. Yeah, yeah I mean, be-
0: before I arrived at Irrational, there had been several years spent on a completely different. Um, Kind of artistic direction for Bioshock Infinite that just mm. looked completely different. It was a lot more like Bioshock One style and color palette, but in the sky. And I mean, it was really cool looking, but it in a, just in a different way. Yeah. And that was discarded before I got there when they like reframed it into the kind of turn of the century Americana look that the game shipped with and that was a really like it was really fascinating to just browse the yeah. old source control depot that stuff's depot always really interesting that yeah i played
2: early builds of the original prey 2 so that was weird oh wow yeah like stuff like that
0: like i with like prey 2 meaning like the one that just shipped or
2: no no like like the human head version that was being, right but yeah. i mean like oh yes the yes one sorry that was, yeah, yes i'm sorry then, yeah yes yeah, yeah.
1: the one cleared. that yeah. yes there was a different developer was, was doing a, a, right, a prey. different Prey yeah, 2 right. that was actually a yeah. sequel to the the Prey 1 that
0: shipped. Yeah. 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 I mean, details of that, I assume, leaked or something at some point, Well, level, it, was, right? it, it, was, it was announced. It was, it was
2: at E3 and playable. playable oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. okay. Yeah. What kind yeah. of
0: game was that?
2: I mean, it was a it was a semi open world bounty hunting game where you sort of like, oh wow, right you would you would walk now into like a bar and like scan yeah, a dude yeah, and yeah. you would see like oh I need to chase this guy and then it was a lot of like chase sequences in first I feel person. Like
1: Blizzard um, might have the most n- notorious history of yeah, this. Yeah. Because if if you look at Overwatch, which was the uh, uh, the MMO whose name I can't Titan. remember. Yeah, it was Titan. But then before that, Diablo three Diablo three before that Starcraft Ghost Wait, what was th- and Warcraft Adventures. What yeah. was
2: Diablo Three? Diablo Three went the, underwent major a, changes after release. The, even well, no, but there was a Blizzard North version of Diablo Three. Oh, that that's they had right. Started, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but and then, uh, but the,
0: that's a little different, right? That's just like canceling a game.
2: Yeah, I suppose that's different than, than the uh, the same team. Kind. I of thought when of you said it. when you mentioned Diablo Three, what you were actually
1: mentioning, the, what you were the, actually the re- referring to was like Diablo a, Three yeah, finding itself and changing what it was. Yeah, that is really stuff. Both of those are. But Blizzard seems like they are. They historically have no qualms, basically. Throwing around what a game is aggressively until it finds itself or gets canceled, whether or not it's already shipped or not, they'll they'll do that t- to some degree. It's pretty. It's it's interesting to look at. I mean, mm-hmm. if
2: you, there are like early screenshots of like the first StarCraft that are radically different than what they shipped. Oh um, yeah, they look it's, crazy. It's, yeah. It's, 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 yeah.
0: What did Hearthstone? Did Hearth, did not Hearthstone start as something else? Or I like don't know. I thought Hearthstone started basically as what it was, oh, okay. but as a yeah. way yeah. more skunkworksy thing. Yeah, I think you're right. Thing. That's, I think that's that my, But
1: polite. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a, a, a Blizzard-knowledgeable person at all. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Um, all right, well... I forgot to
1: run the timer for that one, which is why we were able to have an uh.
0: enjoyable
2: conversation.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, I will say that in general, in game development, on a... This is this question's obviously asking about... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, Sorry,
2: ahead. did you say the original Diablo? Did I miss that? Or did you mention that? Because that is like a perfect example of this. Oh, you're right. That's, a, that's
0: an amazing the example The fact that was, it yeah. was... Uh, uh, it was a real-time... It was a, no, well, it was no, it, a it wasn't turn-based. real-time. It was it, turn-based. It was a, yes. And then
2: eventually they realized, oh, this would probably just be real-time. Yeah. When, what, they were doing debugging or something? I had it just like 20x speed? I, I forget the actual... like Crazy. Yeah, David Brevik,
0: yeah. who... Was the it's original yeah, yeah David Brevik was the original co-founder of Condor, which was the small independent game studio that was acquired by Blizzard and became Blizzard North. Uh, they were acquired because of Diablo, the game yep. they had in development, mm-hmm. and uh, which was a name that Brevik. Like came up with as a teen living in the Bay Area, California, seeing Mount Diablo, mm-hmm. which is just—it's a mountain <laughs> in really this area. Good. Being like, "Wow, oh, that's, that's an really awesome good. name." I'm going to make something right. called Diablo, and yeah. then he did—he made fucking Diablo, yeah. and it's like one of the most important <laughs> games ever. And uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's—it was—he inc- gave a, an incredible talk. You were—I assume you saw this, Nick, mm-hmm. right? He gave a really great talk at GDC, I think, last year. Um, yeah that was the or maybe the year before before. I think it was the year before that was just Diablo one classic post-mortem and he he in with incredible incredible amount of detail recounted the history of the development of the original Diablo
1: including it being turn-based
0: yeah it was amazing he had screenshots and Mm -hmm. stuff and like that's awesome yeah and yeah like Nick said it was it was when they were playtesting it and speeding the time way up yeah um, and it was almost it was sort of almost a fluke that it sort of just worked, almost worked yeah. out of the box by just ramping up the timescale and turning it into something that was effectively real time, which is amazing to imagine.
1: Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I guess you could imagine a turn-based game where the turns are just going yeah. and going. Oh, uh, this might be more fun than the game yeah. we were playing before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoops. That's, yeah. That's wild. That's uh-huh. really they cool. all, they
0: they almost they essentially created a genre with that. Yeah. That, yeah. That tweak. Um. Yeah, he was they were they were making basically a roguelike. they were making Mm -hmm. essentially a turn based classic roguelike. Yep. um, But more graphical. Anyway. Yeah, I love that. That was a good pull, Nick. So uh, Mike Hawes says in Idle Thumbs episode 127, Chris postulated that Spelunky is one of the great with a capital G games. What are the great games? Well, I think I literally just now claimed Diablo is one of them. So, I think historically uh,
1: historically across Idle Thumbs if you I mean th- this is <laughs> very different than Goatee by volume. I feel like mm-hmm. games we've declared either great games or literally called it the great game, Spelunky, Coop, Dota 2, Far Cry 2, Diablo Zelda, maybe um, those are the games that I think have literally had that stupid moniker attached so. to them. Yeah, and yeah. then the other ones end up being like Zelda and Half Life. Yeah, yeah. Be, as far as like the volume discussed,
0: I would on say show, the original Legend of Zelda and Half Life. Those are definitely among the great. They games They are the great I think, games for sure. Yeah, unquestionably. They're for me. they're
1: on your list of goats. They're my g- <laughs> your game of all time.
0: Mm, yes. Come on, Chris. That's a pretty my GGs. Your good. Your great S- game, Starcraft. The GG. <laughs> um, mm. The games. The Activision uh, espionage game, Spycraft, was literally subtitled "The Great Game." That's
1: right. So that's canonically
0: canonically the great game. The great Spycraft, Spycraft. The great game. <laughs> the great game.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if it's a great game. It seems like it's pretty. I never played it, but
0: you know, it's definitely I, the great I game. I did weirdly. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to, I played it when it was current at a friend's house. And I, it, it, as I recall, it had you doing all sorts of different kind of forensic stuff and mm. like, you know, examining like the, the Zapruder film and stuff like that. Weird. Yeah. it's a, Like literally the Zapruder film? Yeah, I think so. I think there, yeah, I think a bunch of it was related to the JFK assassination. I can't remember very many specifics wow, of that game. It's fine. But, it, it was, but it was great. It, it, <laughs> I mean, it's a really interesting take on an adventure game. I mean, like a traditional adventure game, it was all completely bespoke, right? I mean, it uh-huh. was like, now you do this thing where you solve this particular thing. Right. Um, b- but simply by virtue of that not being... Um, there just not b- being games that were like that. Right. Uh, it, I don't know. It was just it was kind of interesting. I would like to go back and play it now. I'm sure that it would absolutely not in any way no stand way you could do your time, retrospective
1: article on medium that says spycraft colon
0: still great <laughs> um, oh this is stupid I just went to the wikipedia article on spycraft the great game and I wanted to just see if I could or re- refresh my memory scrolled down clicked the expanded the gameplay section and all it says is this section is empty you can help by adding to it October 2012 so thanks a lot wikipedia why is that section even there uh,
1: they're trying to coax someone into writing about it
0: Parts of the game were coded in HTML to enable it to update elements like news reports and character dossiers in real time via the internet. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Huh. It's a great game. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe it wasn't JFK. I don't know. <laughs> I think there was something that was supposed to evoke the sensation. The, yeah, because it looks um, like it was yeah. actually about like it was a fictional Russian yeah. espionage uh, plot. Uh, yeah. So I would still I would still kind of like to see this game just for its. Uh, historical background. I mean, I don't know why I'm devoting so much time to spycraft. Because I forgot to run the game. timer. It's not one of the great games. <laughs> <you> <laughs> <think>. <laughs> well, what do you guys, I mean, do you guys have What any? was that with Ghostbusters? What was that? <laughs> 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 oh, I see what you're <laughs> yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I heard of this Ghostbusters as well. <laughs> oh, it can be Ghostbusters. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> one simple rhythmic trick transforms this terrible <laughs> ringtone into the classic Ghostbusters theme. One of the great themes.
3: Oh,
0: yeah. Nick, what are your? Do you have any great games to add to this? Oh God, I don't know. Um, Starcraft, probably. Yeah, it's
2: hard to beat. Um, we're probably underrepresenting like older games than than that. Like uh,
0: especially older console games. Older console I mean, games, probably, say, probably. This is such a dumb example. Mario,
2: like I don't know. Um, yeah, Tetris is a great. Is is an, is a great for sure. Uh, Weltris. Wetrix.
0: Wetrix. Wetrix. The Klax. great game. Oh, uh, Clax. Uh, in my own personal headcanon, Clax is like one of the great games. Rampart I don't think and Clax attorneys at I law can, comma, yeah. great games. <laughs> I don't think I could claim that Clax is truly one of the great games, but in my own little but pocket universe. You can claim that it is the 90s and there is time for it. Oh, yeah. It is definitely the 90s and, and there is time for clax. Yeah. 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 I think there is time for Klax as opposed to it is. Oh, of, there, yeah. There, it is there the is. 90s and there is time for clax. I could be wrong about that. That could be wrong. Uh, no, you're right. It could uh, be sullying one of the great taglines. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, one of the GTs. Yeah. Interactive. Patrick Koski says, if you guys were robots, what model robot would you be? And also, what would your purpose be? Asking for my friend, Papa Borbos. Is that... <laughs> Is that supposed <laughs> to is that supposed to mean something? Yeah, that's like code? Uh, that, Like that what? Way, we're uh,
1: hashtag love you hearts. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, we're
2: sexy.
1: <laughs> we're definitely what? encoding information Fuck. for uh, in some sort of Britney Spears Instagram account right yeah, now. God uh, no one knows what that means. Uh,
3: yeah, that's, hey, that's
1: true. what kind of robot would you be? Uh, what no what <laughs> what model robot? Right is the question. So
2: yeah.
0: yeah, and also what would your purpose be? What would your purpose be? Yeah.
1: My God. <laughs>
3: what was, what I is mean, that interview I think, with that robot
1: that's like, mm-hmm. What is your purpose? And mm-hmm. they like oh I can't remember the answer, but it was really the, the creepy robot that answered what is your purpose? That's probably what this is in reference to.
0: I don't know. What what I mean, I think based on I mean empirically based on my life, I think I would my purpose would be to just always produce podcasts. <laughs> I would just be an endlessly podcast producing robot, is kind right. of what it feels like. Yeah. Um uh, but <sighs> I well, I don't know, what, the, what would my model name be? I mean, it would be my name, I Well, Jake I guess. would be I mean, Jake I,
2: 2K, I think.
0: Yeah, Jake, <laughs> Jake 2000. J-A-2-K-E. Yeah. Which is always how I think of your name. I can never think of it as Jake 2000. I always think of it as J-A-2-K-E. <laughs> That's yeah, fine. Which is how it is literally written. It's the least catchy thing ever, but I... How did you come up with that?
1: Uh... A long time ago, <laughs> it sometime when it was the '90s and there was time for clacks. Yeah. I thought it would be funny if my name online was Jake Two Thousand.
0: Yeah, I and remember because you. I remember you used to also have some Jake Two Thousands. Yeah,
1: they're they're gone. There was like some Jake Two mm. Thousands. Remember and, that and some yeah. Jake of Tomorrows around. I think on Check yeah. yeah. News, yeah. J- yes, News I was Jake Two Thousand. You were Jake, yes. On Shaq News I was Jake Two Thousand. Um, and then I thought it was funny to just like. Condense and nested as yeah. much as possible and that's it.
3: I mean no, it's, not funny. It's
0: both well it's kind of clever and it's also just lucky that you had a K in your name. Yeah. Which most people don't. Mm. Nick has two K's in his name. You could be Nick 2, K, <laughs> Nick, two, <K. laughs> two, two <laughs> Nick 2 K Breck 2 Con Nick 2 K Breck 2 Con? There's
3: your robot Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alright we found <laughs> it It's, it's
1: also, it's K also K your street racing sequel. <laughs> yeah well. uh, Yeah <laughs>
2: yeah, I would be a, a self-driving car <laughs> Nick, Nick 2K Breck 2Con
0: y- Yeah, your, well for your for your Street Racing sequel name, you have to pronounce it <laughs> you're, Nick 2K Breck 2Con Right,
1: yeah I'm an autonomous vehicle that races for pinks <laughs> Yeah, I know <yeah. laughs> <laughs> Which you then tow somewhere and sell right, You tell you tow yeah. to the nearest CarMax And uh-huh. then sell for a profit <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's the plot of Cars
1: that's gotta be the, <laughs> at some point. That's gonna be when the Fast and the Furious movies just commit suicide. It will be when they have to start racing, when it turns into like Drums a John, H- like a John Henry story against autonomous cars. Yeah, oh, that's probably coming. Do
0: you think the equivalent of self-driving Uber cars in the Cars universe? Did you say Uber? Self-driving, self-driving. Uber. self-driving. Uber. <laughs> Uber. Oh my God, yeah, the Cars movie was zombies. The yeah, exactly. A zombie story. Right. That's what oh, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, do you yeah, think yeah. the equivalent <laughs> of a self-driving Uber car in the Cars universe is a brainless car that's just a car mm. with a computer driving? Yeah, crazy. Uber, which is yeah, basically a zombie car.
1: That could totally be a car. That sequel has to have been pitched. Yeah, the idea that Cars characters start showing up with like their eyes just replaced with a screen. Yeah. and they just go somewhere automatically and do weird things at the night in the night that allow. <laughs> The classic Pixar nighttime sneaking scene to occur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen, man.
0: That's fucked up.
1: Anyway, I would be a robot that invents bad car sequels with you, Chris. With the two of us, <laughs> it's our life. It's and our then Nick would be time. racing for pigs. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are doing.
3: <laughs>
2: Just racing around.
1: Um. <laughs> uh, someone. Someone suggests. Uh. uh suggests is. <laughs> uh, my bad. My life is bad. Uh. See. C- Thremo as your C-3-mo. robot. Thremo.
0: 3 mo Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry that's your robot name, Chris. What do you think I would do? You'd be a protocol droid. Oh, <laughs> I would just <laughs> be an old man droid yeah. basically. I you, guess that fucking You'd thing. be a yeah. confused yeah. British All right. butler.
1: All right. <laughs> Who goes, "Oh, whenever anything remotely interesting <laughs> happens,
0: <laughs> this master, this shoehorn will yeah. make your tasks so, ne- so much easier." You would never see. wear shorts in the summer. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, don't. It's gross. <laughs> I, I agree. We shouldn't have to see men's legs, please. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow it's true. I don't want to see it. No. Oh, all right. Uh, all right. Um, Fiona Martin says Is there any video game art, past or present, that has ever inspired you? Love Fiona. Mm, most of it. Most video game art has inspired you. What does that mean exactly?
1: Uh, I don't know. As a person who makes art in video games, it's hard to not look at art in video games and, like, mm. either be excited about a thing that someone else is doing or be spurred on to do something because of something someone else has done. I mean, I don't know. There's obviously a lot of art in video games that is not, like... I guess objectively inspiring because there's just a lot of there's a lot of stuff that
0: how can something be objectively inspiring?
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry, not objectively inspiring. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, sorry, there's probably art. In, there's probably a good chunk of art in games across the history of games that is very unlikely to inspire someone because it's dumpy and bad. But I feel sure. like I feel like on the whole, uh, I I have a cheat answer, and it's because I end up making a lot of game art that I look at a lot. Of, like there's just a lot of stuff that. I mean, anyone can look at Journey and just uh, be yeah, like, that's "Holy kind of, shit!" Like that's, that's you know, that's just like head. your yeah. brain just is like on fire when you're looking at anything in a game like Journey, or like when the first uh, when Katamari came out for the first time on the mm. PS2, you're just like, "Okay, I didn't know what games could look like," but at the same time, even just looking at like. A really nicely executed something inside of just like a Gears of War or something is is still interesting to me and gets me excited to go back to my desk and make stuff but that's probably not what the question was actually asking.
0: I mean it seems like a valid yeah. thing for the question to be asking like, for you to be uh, answering like <clears throat> Brendan
1: Chung's Twitter feed mm. is a fantastic mm. place to go for art, game art that, that seems rote yeah. when it's in the middle of a game but if you actually isolate it out and point out the work that went into it and what it's communicating it is inspiring where like Brendan goes um, Brendan Chung of Blendo Games his Twitter handle is Blendo games he goes through and like plays a lot of first and third person action games and then just calls out specific things like the way that shadows between the player character and the world interplay or like the way that you can sort of slide over something and the player control system handles it and creates this really aesthetically pleasing moment or just like uh, the way that a character stumbles over an uneven rock like a lot of his things he's really interested in moments that I think are inspiring to him that come out of really heavy technical art interacting with visual art, interacting with player input, and like Mm -hmm. that's not a traditional axis that I think people look at for inspiring game visuals. But it totally like he makes that stuff seem exciting to me.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he he recently pointed out a bunch of like walking down stair animations that NPCs had, and like pointed out that there were different animations for different characters, and the walking up stairs versus down than walking down. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, he's good at that. He's good at finding that stuff. This question could also, in theory, be interpreted. I mean, could also have been intended. For all I know, rather than meaning literally, like visual art in a game, could mean video game like art artistry. as yeah, yeah, like in the way that you know, a <clears throat> like a film is a piece of art unto its, so not just the visual parts of it, but mm-hmm, the whole mm-hmm. complete work. Um, because I, I mean, you guys mentioned Journey, and I feel like that is it's. I don't know that I could look at Journey and just say it was specifically the visuals alone that created a reaction in me. Right. I mean, I, that game when I by the end of it, I was because I played that game with a co-op partner, start to finish in a single sitting, and by the end of it, I feel like we were both kind of overwhelmed. Um, yeah,
1: you're all you're kind of drained by the end of that. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: in a way that was a a result of the totality of all of its components. You know, from player input to visuals to sound uh, to um, the specific weird interactions of the multiplayer system. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just such a cohesive, complete experience that really felt like having a direct result to a piece of art like, you yeah. uh, know, in, in a in a very um, like tightly wound way that was extremely effective.
2: Yeah, because usually with with a game, uh, you're you're fi- you're trying to find a moment that's like that for a moment that that maybe is just unique to you and not anybody else, right? Mm-hmm, right. Like, yeah. Like story, you can yeah. find moments like that in Zelda Breath of the Wild, um, but and, and in some ways they often feel more interesting or, or just like artistically striking because they are moments that are dynamically generated. Basically, you know. But um, I mean, there's a there's a real artistry in that, like just creating like. interplay interplay between systems that create a moment that you would find in journey just kind of that just takes you by surprise that shit is always really impressive Um,
0: that's true that's a good point i never really i haven't spent a lot of time thinking about i mean you saying that brings up i think an interesting distinction between that which is something that i think on idle thumbs we've always concerned ourselves with heavily the difference between that and the sort of like version of that that lasts the entire game which I think to some extent might only be possible with a game. It's almost likely to occur in opposite kinds of games. The journey version of sure, it where it's yeah. like it's the totality of the experience that creates creates that from the beginning to end. In, a, in some ways that can almost only happen in a game short enough to yeah. in fit itself entirely into that one unbroken kind of enraptured experience as opposed to the kind of Thing you're talking about nick is almost only possible in games that are big and sprawling enough to give you this huge canvas mm-hmm. with all sorts yep. of interesting interacting elements that you can then have this really sublime moment plucked out of yeah 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 there's probably not enough attention paid both on the development side and in terms of how we discuss games in the former, right, in the sort of crystalline entire experience, because that's, that's hard to achieve. Yeah, and hard to market also. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think games. This is this is <laughs> this is maybe uh, too rude sounding, but I th- the, the, the example you were just talking about specifically mm-hmm. is like the journey style. Mm-hmm. I think given how team-driven a game is, a sort of a team-driven collaboration and or team-driven collaboration that is then secretly not secretly at all, run from executive management up top. If someone walks in to a room and goes, it's going to be a just like crystal perfect three-hour potent experience that will make people feel this, <laughs> the team will probably go, uh-huh, and management will go, you're not making that. I think yeah, that game is just harder to sell down and up until you've yeah, already made it, unless you're
0: a, t- a tiny team. That's true, but that's also... A, that, I don't know that that would be the way you would direct a game right I mean a movie can be that but you don't s- pitch a movie by saying that sentence you pitch a movie by saying what the actual content of it is and then in the making you create the sublime experience right I mean yeah you, you don't I, go like oh, my next film is going to be two hours of like sublime uh, like enraptured like perfection Sure, I mean
1: you, you wouldn't literally say that but I think that just conceptually that is just a harder sell no matter how, I think people are going to smell out are going to smell out? They're going to sniff out. <laughs> that that's what you're trying to make, and you like. I just, mm. I don't know how to say this without sounding. You're right that what I'm saying can be easily knocked down, but I, I just think we don't see a lot of them in part because it's, it's a hard, it's a creating that sort of experience inside of a game is. You have to push against what game tools and what sort of games want to be really hard in a way that you maybe don't necessarily have to in a movie. So, And I think because of that, it's, it's it's a hard thing to put a stake in the ground and decide you're going to make and tell other people that you're going to make. Uh,
0: yeah, I think that might be true, but I think there are probably theoretical versions of that that are less abstracted than Journey is, that are just, I actually want to tell a specific story or like convey a certain environment or something that are extremely cohesive and tightly wound, but it's more the business model of games that is less conducive to that. Because once you've started making that thing, why would you just make the two hour version of it? Like that is just not what people are conditioned to expect in buying a game. I mean, I, you know, I think when you look at, for example, television versus movies, like you can, especially these days have an 18 hour long serialized story and you can have a two hour movie and those are using the, the exact same, technical tools pretty much to create but you've just committed to a different arc like a different sort of length of emotional arc and we just have a lot fewer of the movie length one in games but i I, I don't think that's because teams couldn't do it i think i mean it's not
1: that it's not that teams can't do it i think that the i just think the buy-in is tougher because it's hard to envision how one of those can work perfectly the nice thing about a tv show or a movie it could be two hours or it could be 18 hours but you don't need to learn how to control it
0: yeah, oh yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yes, like Yes, you know, the person just presses The play number and it of goes. questions that a team yeah, who's tasked I, yeah. to
1: make something like like a game that is that kind of experience will just be astronomically higher. And the mm. amount of doubt in the room will be astronomically higher because yeah. the objectives you have to complete as a developer are just more. Mm-hmm. Unless yeah, your I, game is literally press W to move forward, you know, sure. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: it's true. I think it's a combination of those factors and also sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I also wasn't trying to say that what I was saying is not a self-fulfilling, no, no, no. self-perpetuating <laughs> no, problem. No, no. I know, I know, I know. But, it's, um, but, it,
0: but I've raised those exact same concerns in the past, so I'm certainly sympathetic. Uh, Andy,
1: I'm going to actually start using the timer again now, sorry. Okay, that's fine. Yeah.
0: Andy Gorman says, is the experience of being a niche internet micro-celebrity the best turn of phrase I can come up with, as strange as I imagine it might be? Is it an experience you would endorse? Um... I don't think it is a significantly intrusive experience on my life to need to endorse or unendorse it either way. I don't know about you guys, um, but I have the experience probably once every two weeks of being recognized in public, and it's typically completely fine. Like, I've never had an experience. I've never... Not like we are so far from being famous enough that I feel like that would ever cause legitimate problems with like people being aggressive or mm. shitty. That I it is just never. I've never found it to be a an issue. Hmm. I mean, like, I it's. All, I, I don't know if you just Nick. You seem like you might disagree. I don't know.
2: Oh no, I don't think of myself as a micro celebrity anyway. But I mean, I, I will say that like. In this day and age, being out there on the internet at all definitely carries with it some uh, risks. Um, oh, sure. And, but in general, I don't feel like that's much of an issue for myself. Yeah. Certainly. I mean... It has occasionally been. Yeah. And that as, is, that's, as, that's disturbing.
0: <laughs> sad to say, as white um, guys, we are inoculated from a lot of the Most of it worst, is not. Yeah. Like,
2: yep,
1: yep. Uh, knock-
2: that's Not effects true. of that, that's like, true. by far. That's true. Um, yeah,
0: the
1: places that I've run into weirder and more uncomfortable encounters are never related to idle thumbs or just having yeah, no, I, on the internet it's always i should clarify because that like it's always been because of a creative choice made in a game that someone has a really strong association to either the game or the intellectual property <laughs> oh, that's and funny because i've never finds been me in that position yeah. at a panel or somewhere at like a place like pax and wants to let me know that i did something bad
0: that mm-hmm, i ruined, that something ruined they their left. childhood yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm. but like Podcasts, it turns out, are a good place to be. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. never had a problem. You just with a record fan. some audio, and mm-hmm. then people listen to it. And if they don't like it, they erase it.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I the, the almost universally this is probably mainly just because again, like we're so far from being actually famous people in society. Like, there's not even like that. I mean, it's just that is so f- much of a different sphere. But the experience I almost always have when I get recognized in public is, and I assume a big part of this is because we do audio podcasts is I will notice someone sort of just like staring at me and with that <laughs> like do I know that person right and that like this is I, do like, you do do you do a podcast oh that's true that happened to us were you yeah yeah that was at two sisters that was at two sisters yeah someone literally heard our voices and said do you do do you, do you guys do a podcast <laughs> that was really funny that was at a bar but the uh the the more <laughs>
1: Sorry, well, nope. I don't um, know if you're making a point, but it, it doesn't matter. Eat shit. It's not important at all.
0: <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> um, Andy Gorman also says On the last Ruination cast, Nick Brecken said he was a Linklater fan. What are oh, your God impressions of his movie? It. Everybody Jesus wants some. Christ,
2: hoisted <laughs> again and again
0: and again. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs>
3: that's
2: just the sound that you hear when you're hoisted. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're the ghostbusters theme
2: like yeah, some the <laughs>
3: Yeah,
1: they say who are you going to call and then a guy says get hoisted and then, uh, <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Yeah, and then you're sued. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who is it that did the ghostbusters theme? Uh Ray, Par- Ray Parker, Jr. Ray Parker Jr. Jr. And then Ray Parker Jr. was sued by Huey Lewis in the news yes. because yeah. of it being similar to I Want a New it's Drug. It's
0: like backwards, yep. the chords are like reversed Yeah, from so yeah.
1: when our new theme, Get Hoisted, uh, gets gets out there and yeah, yeah. becomes a, a charting single, hopefully we're sued in in kind by Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> and then Huey Lewis. Like, well, if you're ripping off him, you're ripping off me.
0: <laughs> uh, I think... I think that uh, Andy Gorman is in chat right now, saying, "Please don't actually feel anxious about answering this." <laughs> question. No, too bad. No, it's fine. He did. Resta- he did restate it. He, he sort of. Uh, yeah, know, I, re- I, I appreciate I the
2: effort. I, I, re- I will. Yeah. I will watch that movie. Yeah,
0: sometime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think that seems like that just about does it for this episode of the Idle Thumbs Ruination Online. Thanks for uh, watching this live on Twitch or on our YouTube channel or listening to it on the Idle Thumbs podcast feed where it will eventually appear. Where it will live forever. Yeah. Um, If you would like to be able to um, forcefully wedge questions into this monthly stream, you can do so by backing our Patreon at patreon.com slash Idle Thumbs at the appropriate level. There are some options in there for you. And um, our Website with all of our podcasts across all our different series is idlethumbs.net That's the one That's the one Uh, We will be back with a new episode of Idle Thumbs and with another episode of The Ruination Online a couple weeks after that Thanks for listening and watching Thanks Bye Bye How do I turn this
1: off? Hmm? Oh, weird. (laughs)